This is like outdoorsman after dark. This, this is, is this is, is late. late. Night, late this is this is late as we've done. I think we did one like eight o'clock or nine or something. We're like, man, this is late. All right, we're rolling. Outdoorsman after dark. Keegan Wetback back in the room. Thanks Second time. On, man. Yeah, no problem. Thanks for having me on here again. Absolutely, oh yeah, man. So let's just because we're gonna get into hunting and fishing, I'm sure. But let's start. You got an MMA fight coming up when? Oh, and I should say Nelly's in the room too. <laughs> oh yeah, we got we got a do- we got the dog. Nelly. Yeah, five month old Nelly. It's gonna be a, a bird a bird retrieving machine come she fall. Is. She's already a bird retrieving machine and she's doing fantastic. Her training is well ahead of schedule. She's doing stuff at five months that sometimes dogs don't start until they're a year plus old. So. Now is this is this a because I know you've got your Instagram page Midwest Retrievers too. Do you want to get into training or what yeah so uh my girlfriend well uh now ex-girlfriend she uh she's the one who ran the midwest retrievers page um but yeah so we uh recently split up this past year um you know i'm out here chasing my dreams and it wasn't fair for me to hold her back from chasing hers right um and i wasn't ready to make the move to colorado so um she moved to colorado and she took um our other dog maggie who was our previous bird dog um who averaged, you know, a couple hundred retrieves a year. Right. It's pretty good. Um, yeah, so she took her with her. Not um, short on opportunities with you at all. No. So. <laughs> yeah, so she took her with her down to, um, over to Colorado. Right. And, um, you know, they're doing the whole hiking mountain thing. Sure. Um, and then, uh, so I was left with my uh, blackmouth cur, um, Mojo, and about a month ago I had to put him down. He ended up having a brain tumor. Okay. Um, That's tough. So it's just uh, Nelly and I now, and um, we're just working hard, training for fights right. and training for birds. That's right. You gotta get ready. It's coming fast. So before bird season, all that gets here, you gotta fight July thirty first. Yep. So Cedar Rapids again. Yep. Right? In Cedar Rapids, um, Cedar Rapids, Iowa, at the DoubleTree in Hilton. Which is where your last fight was. Yep. Which is where my last. Okay. One same is, venue. So. So it's nice to be able to have a couple fights closer to home so right. a lot more of my friends, family, sure. fans, and whatnot can um, come as well as my, my training partners. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, you know, they help me every single day, and they're, and they're busting their butts with me. So it's only nice that they get to see the hard work pay off. Right. Um, but, yeah, so it'll be Saturday, July 31st. Um, I'll be moving to professional 4 and one Right, yeah, yep. you're three and one right now. Yep. So. so this is through B two fighting, is that right? Yep, B two fighting. So are, are you contracted through them, or how's this work? Nope. So uh, I'm not contracted through any promotion right now. Um, I'm open to um, any promotions, um, you know, that have a good fight opportunity for me. Right. Um, so I'm not like tied down to any specific organization at the moment, which is nice. Right. Um, you know, but at the same time. You know, if I want to start making really good money, the goal is to keep winning fights, keep getting getting a good record, and uh, building my experience, and then hopefully getting on you know one of like the bigger platforms. Sure. To where I can make some good money. Right. So you fought in March last, right? Like yep. March thirteenth or something. Yep. Okay, we went to that. So what have you been doing the last like what is it four months or something? What have you been doing to get kind of ready for for this fight? Um, so have, I mean, you, I, have you been keeping? Have you been doing something that whole four months, or have you just recently started getting back into it? Or what's your yeah, did you what's take your some time off? What's your training schedule look like? Um, yeah, so I mean, I took a little bit of time off. Um, right, turkey I mean, hunting. Yep. So that's yep. you know right right after the fight, it was you know turkey hunting in Nebraska, turkey right. hunting in Iowa, and then back to Nebraska again. Um, 
But yeah, so I mean, I just really, I mean, I stayed in the gym, just didn't, you know, go as hard as I normally do right. when I'm in training camp. Um, and then, you know, turkey hunting, um, you know, and then recently went through that split. Right. Um, but yeah, so then, you know, after, after turkey hunting, after um, the fight, just been training the dog and um, training Nelly here. Right. It was all tangled up in her leash. <laughs> but uh, yeah, so training Nelly here. And then um, I usually do eight week training camps. So okay. um, I started my training camp. You know, I got one more week until the fight. So seven weeks ago. Okay, right. Um, and what this one was particularly harder because I didn't have one opponent to train for. I ended up having, you know, multiple opponent changes or potentials. Oh, oh yeah. Have you really? Yeah. Okay. So, um, yeah, it was. So what is the, was it even a guarantee that you're going to fight? No, so I mean, I knew I wanted to, and they knew that they really wanted me on the card, right. knowing that I was more, you know, a local fighter, right? Um, and well, you know, a lot of people wanted to come and see, so they really right. wanted me to uh, show up, especially based off of you know the my personal attendance from my fans and friends and family um, and team that it, um, showed you, up last you had, time. You had a really good crowd, yeah. Average. Right. So um, they really wanted me back on the card, so we worked really, really hard on you know working on a decent contract, finding an opponent, right. whatnot. But yeah, so I do uh, eight-week training camps. So, you know, eight weeks ago, six, seven weeks ago, I really started busting my butt training. Um, right. And, um, yeah, and then so, you know, I, I'm i a lot different than a lot of fighters. A lot of fighters, they, you know, will stop drinking, you know, a couple weeks out when they start their weight cut and whatnot. But um, I don't drink eight weeks before a fight, so I haven't had a drink in seven weeks. Um, so you work at Cactus. You work at, like, a... A bar basically yep what's it like like serving people not being able to drink is it hard or is it just like that's yeah, whatever um a little bit because you know i mean based on when you know i worked in a restaurant as well right i'm on top of bartending so i've always been around food and you know even in high school when i was you know wrestling and couldn't wait for wrestling right i worked in a you know i worked at culver's and i worked at taco oh, bell yeah. so i've always been around that food that temptation and i almost feel like being around the alcohol as a bartender, being around food as a server during weight cuts, during I, times I can't drink, and you know people always trying to, hey, take a shot with me, hey, right. take a drink with me, right. and I got to turn them down. Um, but at the same time, you know, <laughs> not not succumbing to that peer pressure, right? And just knowing that my opponents aren't doing this, right? Because a lot right. of fighters aren't doing this. I know right. that it's a mental it's a mental aspect to right. one. It's like I can turn it down, and two. You know, I'm in. I have alcohol right in front of me. Yeah. And I don't drink. I right. have food right in front of me, and I don't eat because I know, and it's almost like I'm tempting myself. Right. I'm like purposely doing it to myself to right. build that mental strength. Right. Mental toughness. Yeah. And so, so much of the sport. exactly. And so right. I feel like that already just gives me an edge on being mentally, you know, mentally tough, having an edge on my opponent. You know. Right. We might be, maybe he put in the same amount of work as I did training, but he didn't put the same mental, mental aspect. Yeah. Right. To it, you know. So that's what I really, you know, kind of stick to um, and really bust, bust my butt doing is just right. doing the right thing and, you know, even when other people aren't looking. Right, so. right. So this, this opponent this time, is he like – because last time you fought like a – what was that guy? Was he like a kickboxer or something or like yeah, karate? Yeah, he was like – yeah, karate kickboxing. Karate, yeah, because he wasn't comfortable when you wanted to get on the ground with him at all. Yeah, I actually. And, and I know you're you were a collegiate wrestler, so mm-hmm. you're very comfortable there. And, yep. And you you work at jujitsu in town with. 
uh, Citadel. Citadel so BJJ, yeah. Right, right, right. But yeah, I mean, that was that was a fight that I really was trying to keep standing a little bit more than what I wanted. But you know, if somebody makes a mistake, you got to capitalize on right. it. And he, yeah. I mean, he left his back open right. a little bit too long, and my grappling instincts took over. And I did you <laughs> I choke him out? Him I can't remember. Yep, I ended That's up what I uh, rear naked choke. Right. So yeah. you and you could tell, like, we I mean, we were there, like, you could tell immediately, like, you were way more comfortable on the ground with him in your hands than he was. Yeah. So this fight, who, who's your opponent this time? Um, his, name's, his name's Brandon Ball. Uh, he's actually 4-1, and one, and uh, he's a wrestler. He's a Division three All-American okay. state champ here in Iowa from oh, yeah. Columbus Junction High School. Huh. Oh, okay. So, kind of the area, then. Yeah. So, so I'm, I'm excited about it. It's, uh, you know, not too often I get to go against, you know, other grapplers. Right. You know, elite grapplers. Um, and, you know, I'm excited for this one. I know, you know, he, his, his job is going to try to take me down. And, right, right, right. And, you know, no matter where it goes, I'm always comfortable right. when the fight ends up. Because I feel like I'm that well-rounded. Right. Um, you know, but I feel like he's just going to waste a lot of energy. And, you know, um, it's going to be mentally tough on him trying to take me down. Right. And either not get me to the ground or just getting butchered. So, <laughs> butchered when he does, you know, when he does get where he wants to be. And then it's, I'm going to make it very uncomfortable for him. Right. But with, I intend to get a pretty big knockout. Right. <laughs> with, with with him being a collegiate wrestler, are you going to try to avoid taking it to the ground as much as you can and more stay on your feet? Or are you going to – do you think you're better than him on the ground and you want to take it more to the mat? Um, well, I know I'm better than him on the ground. Right. Um, I know I'm a better wrestler than him. Right. <laughs> but it's just one of those is, you know, everybody's been able to see my grappling, whether it was wrestling, jiu-jitsu, and most of my fights. But not a lot of people have got to see – my stand up, um, right. and I really intend on showcasing that, you know, in this fight. Um, you know, if it goes to the ground, so be it. Um, but like I said, I, I tend on keeping on. The well, feet. you're not, you're, yeah, you're not a one trick pony. Yeah, and like, I, I just, I know that, you know, he's gonna work really, really hard to get that takedown. To get it on the right. Ground. And it's gonna show everybody not just how well of a grappler I am when it comes to taking people down and grappling, how well my takedown defense is. And, gotcha. Um, you well, because that's, I mean, if we want to compare this to MMA, like, or UFC, sorry, you're in the MMA, but UFC, like, that's the Justin Gaethje thing. Like, mm-hmm. everyone, he's a collegiate wrestler, this and that, but, like, he just wants to play defense and smoke dudes. Yeah. Like, that's all he wants to do. Well, see, that's know? a lot of things, I mean, that's something I I hate seeing in a lot of wrestlers when they transfer, trans, transition over to MMA is, I mean, every, you know, you got to be well-rounded, you got to be able to strike, you got to be able to box, you got to right. be able to kick. Um, it just sucks to see them trans transition over and then take sam- so much damage to the head and right. take so much brain oh, yeah. damage right. because they want to put on a show for the crowd and they want to be the striker and they feel like they have to prove something yeah, on totally. their feet. But it's like your base is wrestling. Right. Like you're a wrestler at heart. If you can get your opponent to the ground, why not get him to the ground yeah. and take less damage yourself? Right. You know what I mean? Right. Well, that's like the Khabib. Like when you'd watch Khabib fight, like most fights he'd be done and you're like, dude, he could probably fight. Exactly. In a month. And he like he took no damage. Takes, you know, he takes very, very minimal damage. In, yeah, in absolutely. And it's not as entertaining of a fight, but it's it's way more efficient. Right. And at the end of the day, it's like, um, you know, as a fighter, yeah, we all want the fans to, you know, be there. We want them to be engaged. We want them to be happy and right. You know, to come and you know keep coming and supporting. But at the same time, it's like, should I risk my mental health to put on a show for right. you? And honestly, to you push know, on a fifteen or twenty-five minute show for you right. when. You know, when in realistically, fighters 
when realistically fighters are underpaid right as it is so it's like you know maybe if i was making you know 100 million or you know even a million dollars a fight you yeah. know um you know i might be more inclined to put on a show but right now my job is to go in there collect the paycheck that i right. signed when to win you know win and get out with the least amount of damage possible right? and 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 you you can let like you can leave the knockouts to the to the amateurs you know yeah and then that's what we saw when we went the the craziest knockouts oh dude. were were yeah. fight fight one through those five those first fights are crazy mm-hmm. those those amateurs are just, a lot of dudes they're just doing the ring. just doing random oh. spin kicks and just yeah. you know taking guys in the head knocking them out cold that's where the show is I think but and you can tell when they go from amateur to professional you can watch you know hand movement feet movement you can see the, like the, the whole intensity the, yeah rising. these guys yeah, know man. these guys know what they're doing a, a big thing that you'll see in the transition from amateurs to profession, professional is um you know grappling wise that things are a lot more set up right. and a lot more technical um position wise you know you don't see a whole lot of people rushing positions you see a lot of amateurs just like jump into an arm bar or right. something right right um so last one thing that you'll really notice, another thing is um, when it comes to like striking, if they're throwing one punch at a time, um, not throwing any feints, that's you know a, a big level change where like professionals you'll see a lot of feints, a lot of combos being thrown. Um, you'll see their head movement, level changing, right? All that kind of stuff is what you'll see in more the higher level. Um, I mean, you still see a lot of professionals that get away with you know doing the bare minimum but at the end of the day um most people aren't even amateurs anymore yeah the, the, yeah their title says amateur because they didn't sign a professional contract but at the end of the day nowadays most people have wrestled in college right most people have, have are, combat experience. you know somebody's a golden glove boxer somebody's a black belt in karate taekwondo jiu-jitsu yep. something and that's still all amateur until you sign a professional contract. Right. So that's what makes you professional? Yeah. Yep. Just signing a contract. Yep. Gotcha. But once you go professional, you can't ever, you can't ever go back to being an amateur okay. or anything. Um, even if that contract's terminated? Yeah. Yep. Even if that contract's terminated, once you, once you, you go pro, experience, you can't go back. Nope. Gotcha. So you're a week out from the fight, basically. A week from, tom- a week from Friday. A week from Saturday. A week from Saturday. Yep. So you're way in Friday the thirtieth. Okay. Fight. So oh, you're week Saturday, week and three first. days out. What are you doing like every day now to prepare for that fight? What's the last S- week look like? S- same as like the last you know seven weeks that you've done, or do you change up are this last week? Off, are you tapering off? Are you increasing so it's, intensity? It's a little. I mean, pretty similar for the um, for the most part. Um, obviously, like the training ramps up a little bit. Um, right. But and, it goes, ha- and how many hours a day do you typically train? I can't even. So I wake up in the morning. I'll have I usually do yoga. Right. And then I have um, jujitsu, and then I have um, and then I lift, or I do yoga. Then I lift, then I do jujitsu, and right. then I have wrestling, and then I have boxing. So you're an all you're yeah. all day. So I'm training four or five times a day. Okay. Um, every day, but Saturday and Sunday, and those days I'm still. Saturdays are my grappling, my grappling sparring days, and Sundays right. are my. Um, boxing sparring days. and that's that eight week camp that you're talking about yep and okay, then gotcha. um, wow but yeah so like like i said at eight weeks when i start the camp i um don't drink alcohol right at six weeks out i stop drinking pop okay um at like three four weeks out depending on how my body's feeling depending on how big i am um when i typically walk around about 160 right 
Um, and you the, fight at what? 135. Oh Dang. My God, yeah. dude. Wow. So you're losing 25 pounds. Yep. But I do it pretty smart. Like I said, again, you'll, you'll see how much your body changes. Right. You know, when you stop drinking alcohol, when you stop drinking pop, when you stop taking like creatine. Um, so what are you at right now weight-wise? Eight days I'm about 15 pounds over. Nine okay, days. so you're going to lose 15 in this next yeah, eight Yeah, so days. I'll probably lose five more within this week, and I'll cut the last 10 next week. Okay. Um, but most people, they do it like the day of, but I like to typically cut it. And like I said, I start my weight cut two weeks out, so right. I'm losing two pounds a day, um, and I, that's when I start my meal prep. Gotcha. Seems like a better idea. Seems yeah, like, a, oh, a, Nelly's a, giving you trouble right yeah, now. Yeah, she uh, hit the <laughs> She did. The she drove you right down. Chair. But there yeah, you go. Um, so yeah, and then uh, like I said, the last two weeks is when I, you know, I'm meal prepping. I'm still training multiple times a day, but it's less aggressive contact. Right. Um, just more flowing, you know. So I'm still getting that movement. Right. Um, and then that's when like the weight cut. So first week, like this week right now, I'm just doing the meal prepping, getting my weight under control, getting my food under control, um, and at the same time I start biking. Right. Thirty minutes. 30 minutes a day and those sessions are like they're 30 minute sessions where my heart rate is at is at max okay the entire time um and sometimes i even throw an elevation mask on gotcha and then next week i'll still be doing the same thing but um that'll be more um you know more of a weight cut so then next week i'll still do my same schedule but it will be um like there will be multiple hour sauna sessions in there so i'll hit the sauna probably four times a day for 30 minutes to an hour each mm. each time um now do you do you do that just like the rack or where are you hit that at? um so i do that at one of the gyms i'm sponsored by which is top shape okay so they have like a cedar rapids davenport um locations and they have one here in like mormon trek um first ave and then one in North Liberty. Okay, okay. So pretty good options. And they also have like a steam room, sauna, a pool. So I also go swimming. Um, like most Sundays, I'm swimming. Um, and, you know, doing a hot tub, kind of cooling down a little right. bit. But yeah. Okay. So. so in terms of like how how important is this fight to become to go the next level up? What's What's the next level from where you're at right now? The next level would just be like a bigger, you know, it would be like Bellator, UFC, right? Um, one championship. So uh, how many, like what, what, what does your record have to be or what are they looking for for you to get to that next step? Um, so, I mean, it really just like blows my mind sometimes. And I like think about that kind of stuff because, I mean, there's guys that have no experience right? that are fighting in Bellator. There are guys that are like two and one or four and one or, you know, zero and zero four and oh that are already on these big promotions and right. i think that the big um you know a big part of it is you know you got to know the right people right. you got to be at a big gym or have a really good manager um or have a big social media following um so i know there's these the guys up at hard drive up in cedar rapids um it's a big mma school up there they're fantastic but uh eric coke he's one of the guys that used to um, fight in the UFC and you know he you know t said a lot about it being like it's all you know about like what you look like too like how many followers you have on Instagram like are you young right are they gonna be able to build you up um, it's more of a marketing thing yeah, than stuff it like is. that you know they want like young good-looking people who right. are gonna have you know that already have decent amount of fights under their belt right um, 
but yeah, so basically just getting a good manager and keep racking up wins. Right. Yeah, because I remember when we were at when we were at the fight last time, the championship fight or whatever. The right after you, because you were like the co-main event or whatever. Yep. And that dude was like thirty something and like twenty five. It was crazy. Yeah. He'd fought like a bunch of times. He like wins sometimes. He loses sometimes. Yeah. Yeah. So he actually had been. Uh, his name is Nate Williams, and he's actually fought in Bellator. Has he? As he yeah, in a couple in a couple big promotions. I remember him like yelling, "Like, give me my shot! Give me my shot!" Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. So I mean, he said that. Um, you know, he's been wanting a shot. And, I mean, he's had a lot of experience, and he is probably one of the top top lightweights. But he just got finished pretty bad in his life in his last. Oh, fight. did he? Yeah. It was so pretty brutal. What? Oh, no what I guess. What looks better, I guess, to those guys, a 40-20 and 20 record, which was like what that guy had, or like a 4-1, and 5-1? and one. They, want, they want them younger guys with, you know. Less, 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 less rounds. Because that yeah. guy's got, he's got to be older. Yeah. Right? I think, I can't remember exactly how old he is, but I know he's just, he's been fighting for a long time. And, I mean, if, even if you look in the UFC right now, you don't really see a lot of fighters with that many Absolutely fights not. under their belt anymore. Right. You know, except for the ones not. that have been in there for a long time. Well, you know? like, they're stars that they've had, yeah. But, I mean, again, it's back to that Khabib thing. Like, most of them aren't taking a ton of damage in those fights because right. they're so dominant. But, yeah. like, your last fight, I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, how, how sore were you after your last fight? Because from looking on from us, it looked like you were pretty in control. Yeah, I mean... Uh, was that a first-round finish? Yeah, that was a first-round finish. Yeah. So I, I mean, that was one of those where, I mean, I didn't take any damage from him. Um... I didn't think you did. Yeah, I, you know, I never want to tell you how you feel. And I, and I throw, I throw a lot of kicks. Um, so like my ankles and shins are typically pretty banged up. But you know, it happened really early, and I, I think there was one kick I threw that I caught his elbow. You know, I was going f- for his body, or something, or maybe you like checked it. I don't quite remember, but I know my ankle was a little sore afterwards. But that was about it. Right. But you don't, you know, when you're fighting, you don't feel any of that. Don't you? Nothing. Mm-hmm. Not, not. Really, that's crazy. <laughs> it's not until like really you hit the locker room and you've showered and then you're like, I mean the adrenaline, the yeah. adrenaline rush has got to be pretty nuts. Yeah, and I mean and I control mine pretty well, and that's a part of it's like warming you look, up. You too. looked really, you looked very in control. Yeah, the whole fight. So yes. I just try not to get worked up. I say uh, I try to stay calm. I like to pick a good walkout song that I know that I really get pumped up to. Right. Um, and I listen to it for weeks. Oh really? In my training session. So do you I'll, have one? Do you have one for this one? Mm-hmm, yeah. Wait, so I'll listen. I'll listen are to you, it. On, can you tell us or no? Yeah, I mean, I can tell you. Well, I don't know for sure, but I mean, like I said, there's a couple that I'll listen to on repeat. You know, through you know weeks prior, right? To, before and during right. every training session, because in my head, it's like when I hear that song, you snap it. Now we go. It's like it's now go time. Go. You right. know. So what's the song gonna be? Um. So I like, like I said, I like to get the fans really involved too. I know. So oh, um, they were, they were. Yeah, last time. I love to get my fans involved, especially yeah. when I'm walking out. Like, if, so it's got to be a, people got to know it. Yeah, if they can vibe to the music, I mean, right. instantly they're already like mm-hmm. that positive energy, and I and I'm a strong believer in like if that energy is there and they're cheering for me, and like and I can feel that right like transitioning over, you know, into my skill, into well, my, abs- I mean, into my favor, absolutely. But um. So I'm kind of stuck between two right now. Maybe we can maybe we can help you out here. But uh, so the first one is uh, there's a song called "Somebody Out There" by Lost Kings. It's more of like an EDM vibe. Okay. Right? But it's a really good song. 
Um, and it just gets me pumped up. Like, I mean, when I'm at work bartending and stuff, when it comes on, I just feel like dancing behind the bar. Right, right, right. right. Um, I love that you bartend, too. Yeah. Like, you're an absolute savage during the day, and then you go in, like, who needs a margarita? <laughs> right. like, so, like, you could rip everyone's head off at the bar. But that's one thing, too, is, like, a lot of, most people in Iowa City know that I fight, or, you right. know, or somebody in their group does, and right. so they behave pretty um, you know, pretty good. Well, I bet everyone's part. checking themselves. Yeah, when you're behind the. Oh, well, well, yeah, you, you walk in, you see the poster on the door about t- two MMA guys squaring off. And he's the bartender. Then you round the corner <laughs> and it's the dude bartending. Yeah. It's like, oh man. Better but watch. I, mean, I, I better tip heavy is what I better do. Yeah, there's a lot of people that come in there and they skip. You know, especially when they're drunk. You know, you got right. college kids and they come in here and they see the poster and they see me and they're all hyped up. They're like, oh my gosh, like, you know, like you're right. a fighter, dude. Like, I want to see your fight and. Um, which is pretty, pretty sick. And I don't see too many fights happen. More fights I had to break up and I witnessed when I worked at sports column. Oh yeah, I'm oh, sure. Totally. But I'm I have sure. seen a fair, a fair share of ones in cactus, couple girl fights, and then one big, big brawl that ended up going over the railing outside the seating. No kidding. Really? Ended up in the middle of the intersection Dang. of the traffic. Um, you start throwing right, right, right hooks, left hooks. Oh, I mean, spin, typically I'm just like kicks. pulling people apart yeah. and whatnot. But yeah. once it goes over the railing and it's in the street, that gets kind of nuts. Like, eh, I'm not gonna go out there. Yeah, yeah. that's city property. That's, they can yeah, do what they want out there. Property. But yeah, so I mean, I like to get, like I said, I like to get my crowd involved, and I feel like a lot of people, you know, I don't, I'm not a big fan of like just the techno. Right. You know, just a sound kind of music, you know, right. except for whatever. Yeah. But I really like the EDM style where they mix in like lyrics and like remixes right. and stuff. And so I feel like a lot of people can like vibe to that, or at least I can just feel the energy from it. You right. Know? right. Um, and the other one is, cause, you know, a lot of older people go in there. When I when I say older, I mean like people that are like in their thirties and their forties right. and their fifties that will still come and support it. And the song came out in like nineteen ninety six, and you hear it in the clubs a decent amount. But it's "Let Me Clear My Throat" by DJ Cool. Okay. I've never heard it. Um, I might recognize it. Yeah, I mean, you probably had to have heard it in a club, but and I feel like that would be a good one as well. So, um, the people watching, yeah, at these B two fights, they'll know it. When we were there last time, that was a tough. It it is a unique crowd. (laughs) It's a tough crowd. But I think it will be cool because you know I feel like a lot of people will like just vibe to the EDM music. Um, you know when I'm walking out, but this one is one where like I feel. It could either be very embarrassing or right. very the let me clear my or very throat. awesome. Yeah. Okay. Because gotcha. it'd be like in the song. You had good energy last yeah. time, man. Well, and, the, and I remember there was uh, some of the big game kids were there. Yeah. Unless so I'm wrong. I get a lot of like um, the Citadel people, the big game, the boxer, yeah. the boxing club. So um, we get a lot of people there, and the big game um, people, my sponsors like Hatfield Concrete um, and whatnot. They you know buy like a big table. Oh, do they? And let all the kids sit there. We were thinking about getting one of those tables. Yeah. We should have, too, because the view from up there would have been yeah, awesome. Yeah, a lot better. Well, we had a yeah. ton of dudes. So we we, yeah, up. we had enough guys we could have done the we, table. We, oh, definitely. We were legally sitting in the van on the way home. Yeah, <laughs> we, we, had, like, we had like, like nine in the, guys. Yeah, in the, sitting on the ground. Yeah, we had a lot of people. But yeah, so I mean that let me Great clear environment, my, though. Indeed. Right? But it's, that Let Me Clear My Throat song, I feel like it'd be a good one to like walk out to, and then when I get to the cage, it's very like... He, the DJ like engaged with the crowd and he's like when I say uh you say ah uh, right uh, and I feel like right. people I might get to do into that. that and I feel like if the crowd like answered me back right oh, dude. that right. would just be that no. would be off yeah. but if they didn't I would be and like it would be tough I think yeah I think at that point I'd have to whoop this dude peep, and then peep. when I get the microphone at the end I'd be like hey 
play that song back. People people are into their, you know, sixth or seventh beer at that point. Like I th- I think they answer. At you least. Back. Dude, that beer line was full the whole night. People are just there. It's long. It's like a monster truck route. Oh, yeah. Dude, how many, oh yeah. Imagine how many people just go down the street and drink at one of the bars. Yeah. Right. Or pregame themselves. Well, we did. Yeah. Yeah, we were pregaming and then went in and it's an awesome I I, I do have to we say had it's a really, it's it's really, it's really good time. It's an environment that I've never been in before, but I I really enjoyed it. I really enjoyed it, but it's a very unique. I mean, there there's there's like anybody you could possibly imagine is there. You got your upper class and you got your lower class, and it's just from it's just a wide spectrum of people watching right? the fight. Yeah. It's it pretty was, cool. It's a really good time. They put on a good. It's a good. Uh, whatever you want to call it, promotion or whatever. They do yeah, so they job. actually. Um, so I. A lot of my fights were through Pinnacle, and Pinnacle is still Pinnacle Combat is still like the promotion right now. Right, right. But B two Fighting Series um, bought out a bunch of promotions. Oh, did so they? So now they own. Um, I don't even know how many they own now, but yeah. they have a lot more, which which increases their fighter pool as well. So like instead of me having to like fight local guys or just guys you know in the tri-state area or whatnot, it's like who are you fighting. This guy is, oh, we already said he's from Columbus, Georgia. Yeah, but, right. um, I mean, I had a couple opponents out, you know, we're from down south, um, you know, on the east and west coast. and um, That's probably fun for you, too, just to experience some different styles and whatever. Yeah, you know? oh, yeah, definitely. So, I mean, I like getting in there um, and testing my skill and, you know, just put putting my putting my will on them and just, you know, staying in their face and, right. you know, like I'm in control. Right. Um. Yeah, just the different aspects of like just growing. So each fight, like I'm growing, whether it's whether you win or lose, you know, round by round, you're learning more. You're, um, you're just growing as a fighter, um, and in your skill as well. And you know, I just feel like every fight, um, it's been like a different different sort of test. You know, right? Like you know, a guy who's known for you know going the distance, and there's guys that are, um, you know. No, I'd known as grapplers, or then you got other strikers, or guys that you know can hit really hard, and right. Um, so what, I feel like each one's a test. What would you say that you are best known for? The, when your opponent is going up against you, and they say, "Hey, this is this Keegan Whitback." Grappling. Here's what he's known: grappler. Yeah, they're they're known they're going to be like grappling. Okay. So they're you know not going to. So they're going to be watching for you to take them to the ground. Yeah, that's what they're going to. Yeah, for the most part, they're going to be like, okay, well, we got to defend the takedown. We right. Got to, um, you know, work on the grappling, which is probably what most of their training camp would really consist of. Right. And that, and that you know, that plays into your hand, like, because, I mean, you know how well you can strike. Yeah, my striking's really good. I just haven't got to really show it. And then right. on top of that, it's only getting better and better and better. And the only fight that I lost, it was a really close fight. And I took a fight against, you know, probably a fight I shouldn't have took, you know, with me only having one fight under my belt. Right. I took a fight against somebody who had way more experience not just in MMA, but as well as in boxing and kickboxing. Okay. Um, and I held my own pretty good on the feet. You know, he just outpointed me quite a bit, and I just wasn't able to get get to my takedowns. Right. right. So. There's no there's no shame in that though. Yeah. No Got problem. So, I, mean, I, I tried, didn't you know, didn't give up, and just staying in it. And it was a fight the whole time. I mean, you can hear the commentators the whole time. They're like, man, both these guys look like they're in really good shape. They're right. both in there swinging. They're both in there right. throwing kicks. Well, that's what and that's what fans want to see. You yeah. know. I mean, obviously you want to stay healthy and all that, but those fights sell. Did you watch the last UFC with McGregor and Poirier and all that? Did you watch that or did you know? Yeah, that? yeah. So I, I watched that. I I like Poirier and I like Connor. I do too. I um, like both. But and just me being a Southpaw. 
Right. Know, it's it's always nice to have, be a big fan of Southpaws. Right. Because um, you can learn a lot from them that you can't learn from, you know, yeah. White Sox. Well, that's actually interesting for you. You watch those. A lot of us watch the fights just like you're going to watch one guy beat up another guy and it's going to be awesome. Mm-hmm. You can actually watch that fight and go, okay, here's what he did in this situation and kind of learn from what yeah. you know those guys are doing, which would be an interesting take on the whole what, UFC. What was your take on that fight then? Well, I wanted to first say, like, I, I think it does get a little crazy because, like, when I watch a fight with them with other people right. or by myself, you know who trains martial arts because they're the guys that are a lot quieter right. analyzing the whole fight, and then you got the people that are in, like, he should have hit him yeah. with the right hook. Yeah, he should have. Yeah, he yeah, should have yeah. him in the face. Yeah, I'm like, yeah. Okay, it's an amateur fight, dude. Like, you can't. You, you don't know what he's talking. You don't know what he's talking about. Yeah. So yeah, it's sometimes it's hard to like watch because I'm like, con- like I'm on the edge of my seat the whole time right. when everybody else is just you know enjoying enjoying it. it. They're yeah. eight beers deep, yelling about like who they got on DraftKings. <laughs> yeah. like, I mean, if Connor wins in the second, I hit this parlay. <laughs> yeah. Like we're going to the casino. Yeah, I mean, I just think Dustin is kind of a weird cat, as in he'll straight up tell you after the fight, like, yeah, I was rocked. Right. You know? And it's like, so in his head, like, you know, and it kind of gives Connor that more of that excuse, like, second round, he was he was done for. Because right. he's already admitted, you know, you rocked him a couple times in the first round. Um, and, you know, I think in the UFC, I mean, even his fight, if you look at his fight against Khabib, if you, you know, look at his fight against Diaz, his grappling, you know, isn't terrible, and he doesn't, like, even though if he gets taken down and it looks like he's taking a lot of damage, you can look at his face in between rounds and after the fight, and he doesn't take a whole lot of damage. He actually right. does a lot more damage when he's on, you know, right. when he's on his back. Poirier? McGregor. McGregor. Connor, yeah. yeah, he's good on So, like, back. if you look at it, like, a lot of those punches that Poirier was throwing weren't landing, a lot of them that McGregor right. was yeah. throwing he, were. Connor had a couple elbows yeah. when he was on his back where he was hitting... Yeah. So I mean, if you look, hard. I mean, if you looked at him after the fight, the only mark that he had on his whole body was like his ear was cut. Right. You know. Do you feel like I felt like watching the fight, and I, I don't really know what I'm talking about, so you know, but I, I feel like this is like one of the first fights, and it's kind of been happening. This is one of the first fights where it's like, man, Connor's just not looking like the animal that he was two years, fight, two years ago. Or the whatever. first fight, I was like, that's not good. Nice Connor's not good. Right. Um. So I, I, I knew like it was gonna be a close fight. Do you think he's slowing down, or do you think he's no, just? No, I just think that first fight, like I said, like I said it beforehand. I was like, man, I think Poirier is gonna win this one, right? Simply because Connor's already looking past him. Connor's right. looking at Pacquiao. Connor's preparing for a boxing fight, right? And he thought more than money fight and, type well, stuff. He, and he thought that Dustin Poirier, being a southpaw, was gonna box him. Mm-hmm. And Dustin boxed because Dustin's a very good boxer, right? Nusser was boxing him, but he throwing in those kicks. McGregor wasn't throwing a whole lot of kicks. He wasn't doing anything besides boxing. Right, yeah. And that first fight back yeah, in February. And that, and that caught up to him. And then now this fight he went back to his old style and I mean he looked really good. I mean he was laying in those kicks. I was, thought he looked good too. And his the, first his for first... the judges to score that t- a ten eight round, that's completely ludicrous because yeah, Dustin got the takedown, but McGregor was threatening him with a submission most of the time right. he was landing just as many strikes on the bottom and he was winning the fight on his feet before it went to the ground. Right. So for them to say the 10-8 round, that's a terrible decision. And especially like they don't the round is the end and then they're like, boom, this is the score of the round. Right. So it's like for them to score a ten eight round based on knowing that he broke his leg yeah. and then that last little Connor getting pummeled at the yeah. end. Like Which, if he wouldn't have broke his leg, that wouldn't have happened. Right. right. That's what I was saying. Everyone's so, like, well, Dustin almost almost put him away. It's like 
Well, he went. He, he fell because his leg tibia. was broke. Yeah. You know what I mean? So, his shin touched the ground, folks. Yeah. Like it's not yeah. a comfortable spot. Ex- to be exactly. In. But so, um, I mean, I would love to see him fight again. I think they're. I mean, yeah. I mean, it's inevitable. Connor, Connor is. It's inevitable because he sells the fight. The second he's on the ground, why Connor's so great is his brain goes, "How do I make money?" Right. Well, in my head, your wife goes, is in my DM. Like he's, he's immediately <laughs> right. going so, to like. And, I'll and, see you at the Win Nightclub, baby. Yeah. yeah. So in my that's head, gonna sell that fight. <laughs> yeah. Well, but in in my head. I think if Poirier beats Oliveira, Connor will have to win a fight or two to get another shot yeah. at Poirier. For I, and, I, and, and I think if Oliveira beats Poirier, Poirier fights McGregor right away. Right away. Yeah, I um, would. I would really like to see Connor, because I think people are getting lost too with like. Connor's been fighting the best of the best for the last yeah, like, five so years. They yeah, they keep putting him against the, the like greatest guys. He fights guys. Khabib, who's well, probably right. the greatest lightweight his, ever. His last two ever. losses have been against the two best fighters in that weight class. Right. right. Who, in that weight class, those fighters have only lost to each other. Right. Right. And they went, and he went from being, you know, like, what, third or fifth or something, to now he's ranked, like, ninth. Yeah. I that, agree. That's, that's I think I think dumb. he could walk but through I think a, a big lot reason of why those they, lightweight dudes. Yeah. Well, I think a big reason they dropped him down too is because they're like, okay, he's not going to be fighting for the next for right. a year. Right. Right. So, um, you know, and that stuff fluctuates all the time, but it doesn't really matter. I just yeah. it, it really bugs me that a lot of these people were, um, you know, making all these memes about him. It's like, okay, well, where were all of those memes with Anderson Silva? Right. Or all those right. memes with Chris Weidman. Yeah. You know, it's what, just because he's so it's just because he's more well power, it's, he's know? more well known. And it just it sucks. You know, they're like they, they're doing all that stuff. Because, um, like I mean I feel his pain. I mean right. I was, in two thousand seventeen Yeah, I, you've been I, there. I, yeah, I snapped my shin during training. Um, Is it crazy? Yeah. So I was actually gonna, <laughs> you know, do a story on this, um, and post it on my channel. Oh yeah. But um so I was like in practice, and I threw threw a kick, and I just went to you know go to the leg and lightly, and my training partner lowered his level, and I caught his hip bone, and I felt it break right away. Oh, really? Yep. And um, man, and so I stepped back on it, but I didn't, cause I threw it with my lead leg. Right. So when you throw your rear leg, a lot of times you just whip it, plant it, you know, and that's when a lot of those guys you see them they step on it and. Right. That's when they go over. Right. But I threw my lead leg. So when I threw it and I brought it back, all my weight was still on my back leg. So I didn't pull a whole lot of weight on it. And I was trying to limp like it was just, you know, like I just hurt my ankle or sprained it or whatever. Right. And I finished out the round basically on one foot. And, and this is in training. Yeah. And yeah. it was just like the worst thing because in my head I'm like, is the first week of training camp. And you know, like you Monday, knew what happened. Yeah, yeah, it was like the Monday of the second, second week of training right. of your eight weeks. Yeah. yeah, and I was like, "Damn, I got a title fight!" Right. So I won the thirty-five pound belt, and I was bumping up the fight for at one hundred forty-five. Oh, so you've had a belt before? Yeah. Oh, okay. Um, so, so that's much. what the article is like. On it says like Whitbeck made history, makes history. Is I was the first person in Pinnacle Combat, like promotion history, to win two belts simultaneously. Really. So you went okay. Now go yeah. ahead and tell your story because this is interesting. But yeah, so I end up uh, sitting there after practice, and you know everybody had left, rounds were done, and I'm thinking like, what am I gonna do? 
I rode my freaking Harley to practice. Right. So, <laughs> yeah. How you get that thing back? Luckily, it was on the brake side. Oh, yeah. Um, and so I'm like, shit, like, what am I going to do? So I end up waiting until, like, you know, it was, like, almost gym closed. And everybody's gone. And, like, all my training partners are like, hey, we're going to the bar. Like, you're going to, like, come and hang out. And um, this is before I got a little bit more serious. I think this one where I was like, I only did like six weeks of no drinking or what or right. whatnot. You know, because I was going up a weight class. Right. So I didn't really worry about it as much. Um, and I was like, dang, if I don't go out, everybody's going to know I'm hurt. Right. So I, you know... I'm like looking through and, the and glass. It, it, is this a like a hairline fracture or like oh, it's broken in half? Yeah. Is, oh, so shit. it's bro, yeah. it's it's junked up. Yep. And okay. so okay. And, and, and the story gets so crazy. So you're in pain. It's yeah. hurt. The story gets crazy. <laughs> okay. And so I'm like peeking out the glass window to where I can see the front desk. And so I start crawling. Oh, dude. Out. Yeah. I get to my bike and I strap my bag. I strap my bag up to my bike, and. Like I said, luckily it was on the brake side. So I get on the bike and I'm like leaning, you know, all my weight on the other side. And at the time, right. luckily it was only a Sportster, so it wasn't right. super heavy, right. you know. Right. And uh, I end up making it home. And not like by the time I get home, like my adrenaline starts to dump, and I'm like, shit, I'm in pain. And um, so you go out first, or you go home first. Then well, you go so out. I went home, showered at my own house. Um, down six Advil. <laughs> yeah. So I took a bunch of ibuprofen. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then I had a couple pieces of like one, one by fours or some, something like that. I don't know. Some like plywood. Right. Um, and I just, I don't remember what I did had. You spl- did you make a split? So I splinted and duct taped my own leg. <laughs> I would love to see like the splint that you made. Downtown Iowa city. Duct tape. Yeah. Splint. One by four. So this is actually when I lived in Dubuque. Oh, oh you're yeah. Okay. I lived in Iowa city yet. Um, and so I get to, um, I was going to say you'd fit right yeah. in at like half the bars. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, nobody would question it at all. Be like, that guy's all right. He's cool. <laughs> but yeah, so I splint, so I splinted my leg myself and I called. So only two people this whole time other than the doctors knew my leg was broke. Right. My coaches didn't know. My training partners didn't know. Nobody knew. Cause I knew that if anybody found out I was getting yanked off that card. Right. And in my head, I'm like, all I got to do. I was like, I know I can beat this guy if I can put weight on my leg. Right. I was like, I'm good enough. That if I can just stand on this leg, I can beat this guy. So um, I I went downtown, and I'm a social person. You know, like, yeah, I'm out are. there talking. No, you're, I'm, well, and you can talk to anybody. You, yeah. You're so, you're jack of all trades. Like. And I'm usually up walking around, talking to people hyped up. You right. Know? And uh, I'm sitting at the bar the whole time, you know, because I couldn't put any weight on it and so my buddy his name's Cole Lansing um I called him I was like hey like we gotta go downtown but I need your help and he was always coming over to my house and hanging out and whatnot. and my mom knew of course because <clears throat> so I called her I was like I think my leg's broke she's like you need to go to the doctor right but <clears throat> I didn't go that night I didn't want anybody to know I was hurt so I went went downtown was hanging out I was drinking so I wasn't really feeling the pain in my life. <laughs> right, right, right. Um, Drinking a lot. And a I knew lot. the bar manager. And so I was always, you know, hanging out there after after hours. So the whole bar leaves. And then my butt, like, I'm able to, like, hobble to the point where, like, nobody can see me. And then my right. buddy could tell I was in pain and put my arm around him. And we walked out, got in the car. We drove back to my crib. 
Um, and he stay, ended up staying over, and he ended up having to go to work early in the morning. Oh, yeah. So, you're okay, baby girl. Um, and then I wake up the next morning, and I forgot my leg was broke. Huh. Well, at the time, I didn't know it was broke. I just knew right. it really hurt. Right. And I rolled out of bed, and I put weight on it, and it Oof. just... I gave out, and I was like, oh, my gosh. Oh. I'd never... And I got so drunk that night, I didn't take the splint off. Oh, yeah. And you could see the swelling... Starting to like my skin was getting indented from the swelling. Oh no kidding! From like the from duct the tape splint. Oh the top yeah. of the splint. Um, and I was like, oh my gosh! So I Facetime my mom, and I was like, what do I do? And she's like, you need to go to the hospital right now. And I'm like, Shit, my buddy's at work. I don't want anybody to know because right. Dubuque's a little bit bigger, but it's still a small town. It's people pretty talk. small. Right. Yeah. Oh, people talk. So yeah. I, like, I have like my leg like elevated up behind me, and I'm like like a three legged dog going out to my truck. And you don't realize how hard it is. And I drive. I drive. Drove manual cars, you know, for the longest time. Right. You don't You're trying to shift gears with a broken leg. Well, I had a truck that was oh, automatic, yeah. but, but you don't, it's almost worse. Right. Because, like, trying to use the gas with your brake foot. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And then, that's like, weird. I kept, like, hitting the brake. And, um, yeah. <laughs> so I get to the hospital. Nobody's, I'm trying to call the emergency room. Nobody's answering. Who knows what they were doing? So I end up crawling into the emergency door and they're like, oh my gosh, I could have brought you. Like a wheelchair or something. I'm like, yeah, oh, yeah. It's like you didn't answer your phone. It would have right. been great. So they get me in. <laughs> and, and been nice. They, they need would... valet parking at yeah. the hospital. So they took my splint off and they were like, oh my God. Like they were like, oh wow. So I ended up having to like air cast it for a few days. Yeah. Um, and luckily it was pretty like, they were broke clean through, but it wasn't like where they like, my leg, like I said, I didn't put all my weight on it. So my leg didn't like fold. Right. You know? But you, but it was, but they were broken. Yeah. Broken. So I like, have a picture on my Instagram where like I'm with the doctor after my fight, and you can still see where it's still broken. Oh man. And um, so I kept telling him, I was like, just get me to put weight on it, get me to put weight on it. I'm fighting. I was like, right. I'm fighting whether you tell me to or not. You know, I was like, get me to the point where I, where you feel that I'm safe enough that I can fight and defend myself. So they, you know, the orthopedics here in Iowa, um, because I had to come here for it, um. And this basically, I just had to take care of my leg, and the whole training camp, I didn't do anything. Really? Because my leg was, you know, that bad. And then it was two weeks before the training camp, I started my weight cut, and I was able to like bike. Right. I was able to put just enough weight on it, like I could bike and everything. So I just biked like hell. Right. And your coaches knew yeah. at this point. No, your leg was my broke. coaches didn't know at all. Wow. Really? They like didn't know. Were they were they wondering like Keegan, why are you not? Yeah. So I told them I was cross training out of state and like out of town traveling. Right. So I mean I'm sure that they kind of knew, but you know, um, but yeah. So like I said, I was cross training, telling them I was cross training, but I really just did bikes for two weeks and cut weight. That was it. And you just went in there, yeah. Kind of like, and it was up right. a weight class, so my weight cut wasn't nearly as hard. Right. right. Um. Sit, Nelly, and uh, Nelly. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, so my Clarify. Cup wasn't nearly as hard, and I so I walked in that fight, and um, yeah, I ended up winning first round. <laughs> so I, I threw like I mean, just out of instinct, I ended up throwing a kick with that leg on accident, and I yeah. landed it, and I instantly in my head, I'm like, ooh, that hurt really bad. Can't do that again. Can you imagine? Nope. Can you imagine being the guy? You fight you, obviously. Fight Keegan. Find out after you get beat. That Did you, you submit him or what? Mm-hmm. Okay. You got that you got beat by a dude who had a, bro- <laughs> broken, a broken in half tibia and fibia. Oh my! Well, my first title fight. You'd not- have to be thinking like, what? 
Like you'd have to so feel you've bad. had a belt before. Yeah, you were you were champ champ. Yep. So and I, he was I, a champ champ. He was a he champ champ. That's kind of cool. I took, I took a year off to like work at you know try to get a full time job and whatnot. Um, and so I didn't fight for like a little over a year. Okay. And so I just, I gave him very up. Conor McGregor of you. Yeah. But so I. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So I gave him up, and then they were like, "Well, who, who do you think should fight for the title next?" And so obviously I recommended one of my training partners that was my weight. Right. Um, and whatnot, but. Um, but yeah, and so like it was crazy because you know I, I don't think I've ever had a fight where I wasn't hurt or like sick. Right. I mean, like I've terrible idea, but I mean I fought with concussions. Um, I fought with staff infection to where right. like like you know like my I couldn't put any weight on my leg because my staff was so bad. Really? Yeah. Um. Uh, I mean, my first title fight that I won, the guy was known for, like, going to distance, you know, being a really big pressure fighter um, and whatnot. And he hadn't lost in a while, and I ended up taking the belt from him. But people didn't realize that I, like, ruptured my hamstring in training. Huh. Literally the week, like, the week before. Dang. So you got to be careful here this yeah. next week. Well, I just had a couple oh, training you... partners that were a little irresponsible, and they... Um, you know, probably did a little too much than what they were supposed to, but like literally in the fight, you can see where like the whole back of my leg, back of my hamstring is just all black purple and, blue. and yeah, really, yeah. Wow. I've seen that before. But yeah, and I mean, like you said, like it's hard. Like sometimes, you know, it's hard to like when you're the guy or like you're the one fighter or like you're the main fighter in the gym to like be like, oh, I don't want to go with this guy because this guy's just gonna hurt me. Right. And like, if you look at like John Jones, John Jones only spars with certain people because I've heard like, that you can't just walk into his gym and be like I want to spar John Jones right you know um, but obviously like I listen to my coaches lay down I listen to my coaches and um, you know I go with who they tell me to um, and sometimes I don't agree with it but you know at the end of the day I'm like they're my coaches are supposed to look out for the best interest of me right which most of the time it happens um, so how how extreme is this sparring how, like, is it I mean, up until full like, contact? Up until, or? like, two, three weeks before, it's full contact. Really? Yeah. Um, Are you padded up extra at all? Yeah, like, I'll wear head- pads, okay. um, you know, gloves, wraps. I, um, I don't typically wear a whole lot of headgear because, and people think mistake headgear for, oh, it protects your brain. The headgear right. don't protect your brain. Right. And that's a common misconception. The headgear, when it comes to, like, boxing and, like, striking, is to protect you from cuts. Right. Keep yeah. That cut. makes sense. It does so, make Because your brain's in there whether yeah. you got padding Exactly. And so when people like, think, oh, like when they see this guy has pads on, let me take the guy's head off during practice. When that's, you know, not necessarily what should be going down. No, absolutely not. Um, a cut on your eye isn't nearly as bad as a, as a concussion. That's yeah, exactly. a concussion, you know. Yeah. And so, um, yeah, actually like, what's today? Wednesday? Yeah. Monday training, I freaking dislocated three of my ribs. Oh, oh yeah, you're hurt again. I forgot yeah. you said that. Yeah. You break. You're not gonna break the streak, I yeah. guess. But yeah. So I ended up dislocating three of my ribs and sparring a, or, or rolling. So or I what? I dislocated my pinky sparring. <laughs> really? And it was like it looked pretty gnarly. Um, I can finally bend it all the way again, and um, but my ribs happened during um, jujitsu. Like I just happened to be going against a guy that's like 200 pounds. And oh, I had him yeah. in an inverted armbar, and he put me down and then put his body weight on me a little harder than 
you know, what he probably should have, right. especially knowing I'm two weeks out from a fight. Right. But, you know, you can't control other people. You know, and he seemed pretty sincere afterwards. But so I had to go get it looked at, you know, get everything readjusted. Right. <laughs> and, uh, you know, basically do the maintenance on it, keep it healthy. So I feel good. I've, you know, sparred, light sparred the last couple of days and still do my normal training sessions and um, just making sure I'm heat, you know, doing proper stretching before and after, heating it, heating it up, ibuprofen. So you're okay, lay down. But yeah. Yeah, well, that's so when you, where, where do we start this conversation with? I think we were talking about Conor McGregor. Yeah. So, yeah, Kinda so <laughs> have you seen his Netflix thing coming out? Mm-mm. He's got like a docu-series. Because he already has a documentary out. Yeah, so he's doing like a four-part for the last, like, build-up into this fight. And when he said that he broke his leg in camp, it looks like that's true because he put out a bunch of pictures of, like, his leg wrapped and yeah. like in ice and stuff. Well, so, and, you know, that's believable. But, the, but evidently, like, yeah. I mean, you're used to that. So I guess you guys are all just cut from a different cloth. Because I was sitting there like, well, dude, like, if my leg's broke. I'm out. Well, you know Darren Till? You know Darren yeah, Till yeah, I know. So Darren Till, yeah. in one of his post-fight, you know, he was like, I was hurt going into this. He's like, but if you're not, if you don't get banged up and you're not hurt in some, some way, you're not training hard enough. Right. And, you know, and I believe that to an, to an extent. Um, but yeah, so... Brennan Schwab, I don't know if you follow his yeah, podcast. Yeah. So he just released something today saying The like, King and the Sting. Yeah, he was like he was like if the UFC actually knew that his leg was hurt, they would have never let him fight. Right. You know, like his power power. But at the end of the day, you know, what is what does he know? Because Connor obviously has pictures beforehand and when you're Connor McGregor, you get what you want. You tell right. him you're fighting, they're not and gonna dude, tell you no. Again, like if if he didn't fight, he's missing such a payday. Exactly. He he has to fight. I mean, what do you get? Like fifty million or something? Oh, something dude. absurd! It's insane. I mean, the money he's making. He, they, he, they he couldn't. He, he couldn't out. afford to not fight. Right. He, he's the highest paid athlete last year. Buys, He'll be the highest paid athlete this year. Yeah. He turns around right. and buys like a four million dollar freaking Lamborghini yacht. Right. I saw that today. Yeah. Right. <laughs> but, yeah. So. Dude's got money to blow. When, and he's he's a really good. I look. You know. And he said. You know. He also said like he's like I've never pulled out of a fight. Right. You know, he fought with a torn ACL. I know he has. He's Multiple fought times. with a lot of injuries. And that's what a lot of fighters do. And I feel like that's why a lot of the fighters like aren't being like, oh, like, blah, blah, blah. But, like, dude, it's not like you have a bruised hand. It's not like you have a bruised shin bone. Like, the dude had, honestly, actual fractures. And, it, right. and it, I mean, yeah. It and, like, when he threw that, when he threw it, he threw one kick that landed, like, right below Dustin's butt. Yeah. Which is a perfectly placed one. But you can see the way his leg wraps around it. I saw that, So too. it looks like it kind of broke there yeah. or injured it a little bit more. Didn't put a whole lot of weight on it. Threw it again. Caught the elbow. You can clearly see it break there. Yeah. Yeah. Puts all the weight on it when he pushes back, and then right. it goes. goes to punch, and it goes. Yeah. So and and honestly, in my mind, he doesn't he doesn't step back on the ankle and roll it like that. Fight still ends at, in between rounds. Still, right. it's still doctor stoppage because he hits that elbow. It's over. It's all you know. Like when you see it break, he goes back. You know, even if he doesn't. Step on it, blah, blah, blah. He goes back to his corner. Yeah, he's going to know They look broken. at it, knowing he already has a pre-existing you know, injury or whatnot. Right, right. And then, you know, you, they're obviously showing the replays up on the board. Yeah. They're they're not going to let him fight. The doctor's oh. going to stop it or he's going to be like, I can't go. And it just sucks because that looks a lot better than what happened. Right. right. You know, because at the end of the day, like, he wouldn't have, like, fell down, got pummeled at the end. Yeah. And been like, oh, the first round was really close. You it know? W- and it was closer, and I think everyone – because now you got all these – you know, just 
numbskulls out here talking about he needs to retire or whatever. It's right. like well, and if you were like looking at when Connor had him in that the submission, like you can clearly see Dustin grab the cage with his foot. I yeah, know. I saw. That. I thought that too. And everyone's like, well, he's not. You know, Dustin's a black belt jujitsu. Connor's out of his league. I'm like, dude, they're all fighters. Like well, that's Connor. Connor's also like a. I know he's for sure a brown belt, but if not a black belt. Yeah, and, I mean, he's he's definitely... Well. I thought he had him for a second. And, and people don't realize how big it, how big grabbing the cage is. Yeah. There's a reason why they they will dock you points. Like, they'll, you know... I mean, the one fight, I, 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 one I, fight def- I lost, I couldn't get to the takedown. There's three different occasions where you see me in on the guy's leg trying to take him down and him grabbing the cage. The cage yeah. And the ref really? not once smacked his hand didn't stop like after twice like the second time they're, they're supposed to like you know it's a penalty right. right um and i didn't get any of that you know despite i lost a fight but um yeah it just sucks to see like stuff like like that happen yeah and, like I, I, I said the whole it's who said she said you know and then dustin was saying like oh he was grabbing it inside of my gloves so you yeah. know it's you never know what's gonna happen it's a fight game you're gonna do anything you can to right. to win i mean shit i go as far as like i'll, I'll tickle my opponents I literally will stick my fingers in their rib cage, right? Just to get them to react. I'll right. grab their thigh. I'll grab their ribs just to get them to flinch. Yeah. Because that right. little flinch is either gonna let you. me get out or get to a position I want to be. Right. In. Like a good grapple. That's everything. Yeah. Well, and there's so many fights. Like if he chooses to come back, there's so many fights for him to make at that lightweight division that people would, you know, Tony Ferguson, Justin Gaethje. But before Chandler. he closes his career out, he's gonna fight Nate Diaz. Yeah. Oh, again, he's one hundred percent. They're gonna close it, that. Especially trilogy. with you know, if if they know he's like getting closer than his career, or he's gonna be done fighting. Yeah. Which he has nothing to prove. Like the reason he's still fighting, is because he, um, you know, he wants to win that belt again. Right. But at the end of the day, like he has nothing to prove. No. You know, he's a multi multi millionaire. And right. He, and he had nothing. When oh he right. shit. Um, I mean, he's made. I mean, hundreds and hundreds. So of you know, like at dollars. the end of the day, like he said, he made like an Instagram post when he was like, "I wipe my ass with money now, you bums." Or, right. You know, some, you know, in my head, I'm like, "Hey, like, chill out there. Like, you were that bum at one point. Right. You exactly. know, like we all strive to be in a position you're you're in. Um, but it's just crazy to see, you know, things like that happen. And I know that even though Diaz is like doing other things right now. He is gonna take that fight at one point. Like, why wouldn't you? If you the know Connor's about to retire or the, the, he's on his end of his career, why not get that last fat right. paycheck? The right. money, like the money they'll both make. Like, it'd be crazy. Because everyone wants that trilogy so bad. I mean, and Dustin, Dustin's trilogy. I mean, this trilogy with Dustin was the highest paid pay per view event in UFC history. It's it's just every time they the fight, one. it seems like it just keeps getting higher. So, and if you, I mean, if this one was a big one, imagine what the fourth one is gonna be like. Right. Imagine what the. Trilogy with the Diaz. I think right. that one. That, like, that might even be bigger than Poirier because everyone Poirier doesn't even talk shit. In, you know, that's yeah. what I'm saying. But Diaz Nate's sells gonna so throw big. Back. And they both are just gonna stand there and just get bloody. Yeah. And it, it will be bloody. Other, yeah. Because there's not a whole lot of let's go to the ground with either of them. Right. And Nate, when Diaz, he's got a lot of scars issues, so you could hit him with a paperclip and he cuts open. Exactly. So people yeah. love that because mm-hmm. there's blood everywhere and. <laughs> yeah, that 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 final sell for sure. But yeah, but yeah, dude. So that was a long conversation about. So what else is going on with you? I'm just getting ready to kill some birds, dude. Gotta get be close. getting there. Oh yeah, I mean we're uh, talking upstairs. My ca- my kayaks. Thing. I mean my kayaks ready. Um, sit. So you're Thank no boat. You. you got no boat this year. Yeah. So I mean, <laughs> it's blinded up. It just needs a brush and a motor. Um, <laughs> I have a few a few people that owe me, you know, some money. 
um, you know, whether it's sponsors and, you know, other th favors. Um, so if I got one of those big, you know, big paychecks, I would be able to get a mud motor to throw on there. You Is that what you're looking motor, for, yeah. mud motor? Yeah. I mean, you can, They're the best. You can They're buy, dude. you know, 25 horsepower Harbor Freight's Predator motor and then get the mud skipper or, you know, swamp runner online and put it together yourself and you're going to spend $1,200 instead of buying, you know, $2,500. Right. You know, $10,000 motor. Right. You know, which would be nice. I mean, shoot, maybe I, maybe I, well, well I'm going to whoop this dude, but. Hopefully afterwards, maybe somebody's right. like, "Hey, you know what? We want to sponsor you, and here's a free mud motor. That right. would be perfect." Right. But so right now, I mean, if I can get a motor on it soon, awesome. If not, I might just be throwing a hard side on your guys' boat. You go for it. Yeah, dude. <laughs> you know, You're in case it gets real cold out, you know, throw You're some heaters up in there. Yeah, dude. yeah. Because um, it's an adjustable one; it'll fit anywhere from 14 to six uh, to 20 feet. Oh, really? So, or maybe 18 feet, but either way. Yeah, dude. You're um, welcome with us. You seem to know where the birds are at. That's oh, the thing. Yeah. We see like your stuff. And you're like killing birds. Like, dang, we're struggling over here. But yeah, so it would be fun to hunt with Nelly too. Yeah, I'd and the to kayak. The kayak helps you know to get into a lot of places. Yeah, 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 yeah I bet. Know? I bet. Um, that you can't. That's what we're thinking know. with our little teal skiff. Is we're we're really so excited much. for that skiff. Well, see, people, a lot of the hunters are like, man, how do you like? I'll be putting out some big ass spreads like part of my language but i mean guys will be like dude like you didn't even roll in here on a boat i'm on a kayak with half a dozen geese decoys three dozen duck decoys of higdon pulsator you know like dude, three about, mojo ripplers you about and have three, to have three it, four dude. and three yeah. four like mojo i mean not mojo yeah mojo uh spinners right <laughs> you know so i'm out there like carrying all that on a kayak with a dog on there with my blind bag that's impressive do you let all that float behind you and then you pull it or what? I put it right on top. Really? Because when you pull it, just takes so long. Right. And like I'll be sneaky. Like I'll, I'll throw a trolling motor on the back of mine if I can. Oh, really? If I know the water's deep enough and I know right. I'm going to be going in far. Yeah. Like, I mean, if I go in at Babcock, I definitely, I always it's, use it's a long, motor. It's a long boat up in for Babcock. See, see, and that's what everybody with the boats, they got to go to those big spots. I'll freaking park right on the side. Right. You know, I'll wait. You know, everybody's set. People would drive by me in the morning. I'll be right on the side of the main channel. <laughs> Ducks come right down that channel. You wouldn't even believe it. Don't yeah. land right in that channel. We, we sat similar to that for teal season last year. and It was busy. Yeah. <laughs> if we wouldn't have had school, we'd have killed a bunch of But I mean, of even just like finding, finding dykes you right. know, with, with water and right. like, or thick, you know, thick lily pads and, um, you know, moss and stuff. Right. They're, they're on it. So but I'm just excited for that and to get on some birds, um, you know, get her her first, maybe, you know, if she, if she gets big enough to retrieve geese, that'd be awesome. But, um, at least have her out there, get, have her retrieving waterfowl. She Will you let her do some ducks and stuff? Oh yeah. She's going to do ducks for sure. Um, pheasants Ge for sure. Geese are pretty Quail, big. They're a pretty big bird. Huge. Yeah. She'll, she'll be working on all of them. Um, you know, and if worst case scenario, I drop some geese in the pond. She brings him to shore. She can't carry him on land. At least I'm not getting in the water. Right, right. <laughs> so it makes uh, it a lot easier. You know that's what I do with with Maggie, my my black lab that I um, had. She uh, before she could really carry him, she right. would just go in the water and she'd bring him, drop him off on land, go get in there and drop, just pile him up on land. Close right. enough. Yeah, yep. it's easy for you, you know. Um, but yeah, so I'll have her out there. I'm excited, you know, to get back out there. It just sucks. Like I, you know, I was telling you guys before. The session, um, the land I've hunted the last three years for turkey and deer, private, you know, with 
some monster bucks that I have on trail cameras that I've caught on footage. Right. Um, on top of, you know, big turkeys that are always out there. Um, you know, for Johnson County, for Iowa in general, for the amount of farmers out here and for the amount of people that support America Needs Farmers, the developing out here is getting ridiculous. They're not, it's, it's pretty they're, bad. They're not man. just sticking close to city. No, um, they're, they're not, not. They're they're taking like, hey, you know what? Let's go put this housing development out in the middle of this cornfield. Yeah, that I know it's worrisome. You know, and, and, and the and scary thing is, pe- is, people they are, have the money. Right, that farmers don't turn them. Right, they, it's, it'd be stupid to turn them down. At the same, you time, can't blame like, the farmer, but it's like goodness, man. Right, like I mean, he's never gonna have to work ever again. No, but it just sucks that like shit. His grandkids' kids. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I mean they're talking. It's generational. Yeah. Like, the the, the money think, that they're throwing is generational. And if you think about how much an acre is going for right now. Crazy. And then you, you got hundreds of acres. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. No, I mean, that's the math. And so it just sucks that, like, where, where I have this property, um, you know, across the interstate, a ways... They bought a bunch of develop bought bought a bunch of land that was prime hunting land as well, just like inside city limits. So you could do the city zone, right? You know, like and fill your tags and whatnot. But you could also, um, you know, if you had permission, you could hunt it privately, right? They took all that it's, out, it's, and now they're going across the interstate and doing it. And from the farmer that I've talked to, and from people that have lived out there since they were children, like these are people that have farmed this land. Their families have lived out there for years. They said, "Man, before this interstate got put in here, before these developments come in here, you couldn't fathom the size and the quantity of big deer." I believe it. Here. I believe it. Yeah, I believe that wholeheartedly. It's it's too bad that it's getting sold off to be developed and not just. Hey man, you can't hunt here anymore. Right. We're we're gonna we're just gonna farm it. We're not letting anybody hunt. Mm-hmm. That'd be a lot easier to take than knowing it's all gonna get ripped out of there and those deer are gonna get pushed off somewhere else. Yeah. You know. And I mean, and a lot of it, like I said, like you know, as a as a fighter who's not in a big big promotion right now, I'm not making a ton of money. Right. And this is my full time job. I bartend part time. I right. personal train part time. So I, and you know, rent rent out here ain't cheap. It's fifteen fifteen hundred dollars a month. No, absolutely. And that's not including utilities. Right. You know, and I got truck payment, bike payment, you know. Right. It's you know, expensive. All that good stuff. So I'm just, I'm barely skimming by. And, um, you know, so I don't have a whole lot to offer people to hunt private land. No. Um, yeah. So, like, I got to build these relationships with them. Like, hey, right. like, you want a business? I'll help market your business through my fights. Right. Um, if you, um, you know, you need help around, you know, the farm, you need help around the land, like, I'm your guy. Let me know. I'll be out there to help you. Cause I know I can't pay them. No, at there's least no the lease. Land. So you know I'm I mean? going out yeah. there doing whatever I can, off of good faith and showing them. You know, I got good character. Like I'm a hard worker, and I'll make it. You know, I'll I'll make up for it with my hard work. Right. Um, and a lot of times that works. You know, and at the end of the, at the end of the day, a lot of these farmers, they're happy with a gift card and a case of beer. Right. At the right. end of the season oh, or yeah. after a hunt. Um, but that gift card and that case of beer doesn't line up, so. Here's hey, we're gonna give you fourteen grand an acre. Three hundred percent over the buying yeah. price, yeah. or whatever you know. Probably so, more than that. It, yeah. Oh, I'm sure grand. it's a lot more than that, especially knowing the area it's yeah. at. Yeah. And like, so you got the interstate that's just getting rebuilt. Right. So yeah, you got so all that bad. land over there that the price is increased on. Yeah. Yeah. It's got to be on a top lot. of the acres being pretty pricey right now as it is. 
No, and then inflation anyways. Right. <laughs> so it's, everything yeah. expensive right now. It just sucks knowing The housing that. market's, I mean, just land and housing. Crazy. Right now is just it's crazy. crazy. There's just a lot of people that are irresponsible on public land for, you know, waterfowl. You know, you can be pretty smart, but I feel like just a lot of people get irresponsible deer hunting and people do a lot of shady stuff and you can't put out tra- – it's risk, risky putting out trail cameras. It's risky leaving stands up. It is. And so, I mean, I think if I don't end up finding some private land and I don't have any buddies that, you know, I'm able to, like, get me on some deer, um, you know, I'm going to have to, like, hunt. I'm going to have to do hanging hunts. You know, it's not that bad. It's just a little bit harder when you're when you film. Right. Yeah, yeah. yeah filming's now, tough. Now you got your bow to carry. You got your blind right i mean you got your stand and then you got your camera equipment right it's a lot not only do you have to hang a stand now you have to get everything set up yep then you got to take everything down yeah um it's a pain we've been there yeah so we've always talked about like oh hanging out and be so good on public it makes you mobile but if you're trying to film like it's just almost it's almost it doesn't work Mm -hmm. yeah Especially with his being as busy as us three are. And the most heartbreaking part about it is, you know, it wasn't necessarily like, hey, um, you know, like they thought for me all this money, like you can't hunt it anymore. It's knowing that I had three drop time bucks out there. Right. One that was at one deer that's at least 180 inches, and one that I've seen two years in a row. Pretty sure I saw him last time last year. I think he was that big one that I couldn't really identify. Um, But he's 14 points. And I, I named him uh, Playoff. Oh, yeah. And I thought, you know, I, it makes you almost want to cry. You know, yeah. Like, you no, had, like, I mean, some close calls. Yeah. Encounters. And yeah. And you able to get the job done. And it wasn't because I missed. Right. It was, oh, wind decided to swirl. Oh, right. wind changed direction. Oh, there was no wind, and then it decided to pick up and blow right towards them. Right. And, and you always have that, like, well, at least, you know, at least I got next year to go after him. Yeah. There's always next and year. And it just sucks it's on the public land. I mean, like, in this land, you know, for this whole last year, I was putting, you know, I was helping with food plots. Right. I had, you know, minerals. I did the whole, you know, feeders out there. And I, so all that money I just put in all that. Right. Just Gone. went down the drain. Gone. Right. You know, on top yeah. of me, I installed two nice, two watering holes out there. I have eight stands. Right. You know, now it's like I have to get all that stuff out of there. And That's a pain. Um. So, yeah, that's a pain. And... It's just really frustrating, and then seeing all your buddies posting trail camera pictures of right. you that you know they're gonna smoke. Right. Yeah. And uh, right. There's no shortage of that around. But yeah, because I know you're friends with Caleb and Collins and all. Oh that. yeah, and so like, I see their stuff all the time. Dude, I mean Caleb's on some huge deal. Yeah. Oh yeah. I mean I talk to him daily. I was just actually talking to Collins earlier, um, a couple hours ago, um, about you know about this situation, and right. he's like, hey man, like we're gonna we'll make sure like we'll make sure you got some private land to hunt on and. And, you know, like I said, Colin and Caleb are just freaking awesome. Yeah, I mean, they're, they're cool I'm dudes. sure you guys Stop had a blast. Dudes. Oh, they're awesome. They were yeah, here. coming in. They're really oh. neat guys. They'll, uh, yeah, they'll get you set up, I'm sure. But yeah, and so, you know. They uh, do some cool shit out there at Midwest White Sales. Yeah, yeah, they do. Sure. Um, are, so, do, do you ever look at, do you ever think about doing any of that? or? Um, like more more seriously? I know you film I mean, all asked time. a little bit, but I don't know. I'm really just trying to kind of do my own thing right now and really get my, you know, foot in the door. Right. Um, well, you got the whole fighting thing. You got so and it's much like they, on. you know, they do, you know, mostly mid like white tail, but they kind of switched over to like turkey a little bit more. Yeah, yeah right. They're, like, they're going turkey kind of hard. I'm trying. I'm doing. I mean, I'm making. I finally got a new MacBook. <laughs> Thank you, mom. <laughs> right. Um, to where um, I can finally start editing my films. So I wasn't able to edit any of them because right. 
um, I had a, my MacBook was too old. Right. And all my cameras are 4 and 5K now. Oh, yeah. So um, I have tons of footage from the last few seasons that I got to edit and put up. So right. I, mean, I got fishing, waterfowl, deer, turkey, you know. Editing's a huge, like, that's the pro, that's a tough process. Yeah, it's, that's, it's that, tough well, that's to learn. Where, that's where people, that's where it starts separating. Yeah. Like, but yeah, so I mean, I, I was telling him, I was like, hey, man, like, I lost that deer. No, I lost that deer. No, I lost that deer hunting. Sorry, Nelly. No, you're good. She's all right. Five months she's old. learning. Five she's, old. she's learning. Um, she's just got a, a kid. whole heck of a she lot of energy here. She's just a kid. Stinky breath right now. Needs her teeth brushed. Huh. She's over here gnawing on my hand. But um, I was telling him, I was like, hey, man, like, dude, I may have just secured a ton of field, like ground with two giant farm ponds right. with aerators in them so they don't freeze that right. I know are loaded with geese every single year and I haven't been able to get permission again. And so now <laughs> I might have just secured money spot. For, wow. That'd be nice. For some geese. Cause I know Collins loves it. Collins loves the waterfowl. Yeah. He yeah. said he grew up doing that. Like yeah. now he does the deer thing. His dad was actually a really good dog trainer too. That's what really? I heard. Yeah. yeah. But yeah, so his I dad actually, hunts down there next to like Vandemore. Yeah. They own that, the uh, goose bottoms. Yeah. But yeah. So I was actually trying to talk to his dad and see if I can, uh, get the hook up with some of his old dog training equipment. Sure, yeah. Um, you know, I mean, because I, I take her to, like, Terry Trueblood out here. Oh, yeah. Um, and when I'm training her, I mean, I can't tell you how many people, like, ask for my number and ask me to really? train their dogs for them. Huh. Okay. So I think that might be, like, a new thing. I'm, you know, I'm That'd really, be kind of cool. I really There'd be big do. money in I mean, that. I helped a few of my buddies out. You know, right. With them, and they were like, hey, Keegan, like, I'm having this problem with my dog. He won't do He won't do this. He won't do that. And I have to give my pointers, and now their dogs are solid. Right. Um. But, so yeah, that'd be really nice to be able to, you know, get that land secured and then, hey, you guys want to come out? Right. Put a smack down on some geese. Right. Put a smack down on some ducks, you know? That'd be awesome. That'd be awesome. But yeah. What's cool? that'd be a good ass time, man. All right, 1056. I want your last kind of comments, you know, concerns, whatever, on your fight coming up on Saturday. What do you got? Where's your head at? I mean, it's it's level as always. I know, um, I know the work I put in. I know that my opponent, I don't care who it is, he ain't putting the work in as me. He's not. I mean, even these guys that are already in these big promotions, they're still not training five times a day. Right. I'm training five times a day. I'm, you know, I'm grappling with with the best grapplers in the state of Iowa when it comes to big game wrestling club. Right. When it comes to Citadel Brazilian Jiu Jitsu. Right. And. You know, I have one of the best boxing coaches, you know, around. I mean, we win Team Golden Gloves, you know, almost every single year. Multiple Golden Gloves champs. So I'm training with, you know, not not counting the pro boxers. So, like, I'm training with some of the best guys out here. And on top of the mental aspect, like, I'm always mentally strong. I know I'm putting, I know I'm putting in the work. And, you know, in the weight room, mentally, training, all that. So this, I'm just, the only thing I'm worried about is, like, I'm like, man... I really would like some extra money, right? Like a little bit more money, um, especially for like all the work that I put in. And I mean, I just know I just got to go in there, do what I need to do, put the pressure on, and uh, secure another W. Right. Um, do my job, you know, making weights the first part, staying well, staying healthy is the first part, making weight second part, getting the W third. Right. Um, like I said, I just feel I just feed off the energy, so 
Um, I'm excited and right after that fight, it'll be August. Um, probably a little, little more chill month, you know, unless I'm able to secure another fight like right away. But otherwise, it'll be a chill month, getting to continue training with Nelly um, and getting ready to, you know, rock and roll. I guess there is Sturgis. You know, oh I yeah, plan, I plan on going to. Oh, South are you going? Yeah, I'm We'll actually guy, so. we'll be out in uh, South Dakota, South Dakota at that time. We're going really? we're going pronghorn hunting. We're going pronghorn hunting. No way, that yeah, awesome. South Dakota. dude. We're super excited yeah. about it. Yeah, so I can't wait. Well, we gotta hopefully we get the tags. We've yeah. heard the draw process is easy. We're getting kind of nervous though, so because they got those leftover tags. Yeah. But, we'll but see. yeah, so I mean, I'm just gonna be going out there and, um, you know, I'm still gonna be training. Right. Um, just depends on if I'm in camp or not. Training the dog, training myself, you know, doing Sturgis, getting, making some money. Um, cool, just, man. Just getting ready to spend long mornings and nights hunting waterfowl. It yeah. is. It's gonna get. It's. <laughs> That's not a bad. It way gets to a spend little. Them. It gets a little closer every day. <laughs> yeah, man. A dude, little we closer. Are, we're we're about mentally unwell in this house, man. We are so excited. I can you tell know, you that much. the one thing that's crazy is you know it's it's amazing, you know like. A lot of these guys, they don't, they don't get like they take for granted, you know, that they're married or they have a girlfriend and whatnot. That will put up with you hunting. Right. Yeah. Put up we talked you, about Caleb and you know, Collins. Yeah, that, like with you sure. putting with you putting those hours out there, it's like somebody has to pick up the slack at home. Right. You know, and so you got to give it to your significant. That's other what we got our roommate for holding for. down the house, especially right. if you, especially yeah. if you have kids. Right. That would know? be tough. Well, that's that's where it gets really really. So really it's like hard. you got kids, and then you're putting all this time hunting, and then yeah. it's like you're exhausted, and you have that person that's still there and it's like okay i spent whether they, it was a good day you know it's, it's say it's a fantastic hunt it's the first person you want to call right and you're excited you had a terrible hunt the first person you want to go home and chill with right yeah. and that's a big thing that i miss about you know that i know i'm gonna miss this season is you know same thing with when i'm training i'm busting my ass all day multiple times a day right and at the end of the night i just want to come home right to the person i love um and knowing that everything's gonna be okay Know, right. I'm able to relax and this person understands me and knows that I'm struggling or knows that I had a hard day or right. able to share the good times with me. Um, I know that I'm not going to have that this year. So it's going to be a different feeling, but you know, at the end of the day, you know what they say is what doesn't kill you makes you stronger. That's right. Um, unless you're Luke Combs and those people just didn't see the other side. Right. <laughs> yeah. That's right. Good little, good little innuendo. It that is. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. Anyways, man. All right, dude. We appreciate you coming in. Yeah. Well, before we cut this short, I know you guys got stuff to do, but I want to know what your guys' plans are with Stay Tuned. Fair question. The media aspect. Right. And I want to know what you two have planned for deer. Right. For waterfowl. Right. I'm sure you two can make this pretty quick. We can. We've talked about it a lot. Or I got a whole nother hour and a half. And well, no, we have we, not till 12. We can sit around and talk about it. Oh, <laughs> what we're kind of trying to do over the next, you know, month before we hit pronghorn is get some, like, projects under our belt. So, like, we're doing this with you. Doesn't it just sound good? I'm going pronghorn hunting. Dude. Oh, dude, we're... We're it's so, we're so like, oh, like we can't wait. Horn. Yeah, no, it, it rolls. Like you're all it, here hunting white tail and ducks. Right. And I'm gonna go kill a prong. Out, really out, 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 out of state, yeah. out of state. We're leaving Iowa. We're going Dude, to, to the Black sick, Hills. We've been talking about that's such a sick season. Like late August, you can it's get cool. There, spot and stock. It's before, you know. Generally, everything starts in September. Like I know we know so many dudes doing like elk over the counter in Colorado or whatever. But it's all September. For us as college, that's so we, tough. We want to be like, back for teal anyway. Teal and dove, we hunt that yeah, pretty hard. September and we're pretty first. successful there. So, But, yeah, man, we're, we're going to do some projects. Like we said, we're going to you know do the thing with you, video that. 
Um, we'd like to do some music stuff. Music stuff downtown. There's some guys that we'd like to do some more projects with. So kind of try to get those knocked out. And then we're going to try to do like a pretty, uh, like a three-part series with Pronghorn and kind of really focus on like, cinematic stuff we got like the drone you know you saw that like we got a new camera lens it's pretty good so and a new camera and a new camera so we're focusing more on like the cinematic um kind of aspect of different stuff so we're excited about that long term i mean we definitely like wanted like we want to do it for a job be cool to find a job out of it it'd be really cool Mm -hmm. to like produce content make content we got a bunch of stuff that I think in the next three months will be really, really good. Yep. Well, I mean, if you, I mean, when it comes to like that kind of stuff, I mean, uh, Josh Sparks, you know, he's the yeah. Midwest Whitetail guy, or Brad Beaver, um, he used to be. On we Midwest just Whitetail. we just found out about the yeah. Brad guy. Yeah. We wanted to reach out to so, him this week. I mean, they're probably. both super cool, both super open. And I mean, right. I, if you want to learn more, I mean, shoot, I if I make a small film or like I have questions, I shoot those guys a message because those guys right. went to school for it. Right. Yeah. They know I know what they're they doing. Did. Right. Yeah. Um, I mean, and those guys are. You know, Brad and Josh, both you know, I mean, they're talented. they got their own. I mean, I mean, they're sponsored. I mean, they, got, oh, they get free right. stuff all the time. And you know, like Brad, he just um, he just got his own clothing line through First Light. Like, how, oh, that's crazy. Crazy. how awesome saw is that? that? Yeah, it's neat. Um, and he does, yeah, you're posted that. He yeah. does some really, really, really cool shit. Yeah. And I think that would just be so sick, you know, like, cool. which is one thing I want to do for myself, is which I think, which I know you guys are going to do this year, to get some otter, like, awesome waterfowl footage yeah. with the drone. Yeah. Like I think that'd be... It's sketchy using a drone out there because you can spook the birds and DNR sometimes think you're like using them to like find the birds which right, you can't right. do. But I mean after a hunt before a hunt like if you're picking up deep like Dude, somebody's it, out there picking up it decoys looks so cool. it's going to look it so looks, yeah, cool. It looks sick. We've, we've done it one time. We've used it. We've used it a lot. It's it's Well we did well, waterfowl well one time the we were busting ice. Yeah. It is cool. But, it's really yeah, cool. Yeah man. I mean that's kind of one of those things like if you want to get involved with that at all like, us three will probably hunt together at least yeah, a couple times. We'll have oh, to. Oh, for sure. Because we've got heat. Well, we've got a what? A DGI what? D- uh, it's a Mavic Air 2. It's pretty good. Oh, nice. Yeah. yeah. It'd, be, it'd be nice to have you guys come along. Yeah, we absolutely would. Because I lose most of my weight during hunt during waterfowl season because I do a lot of walk-in hunts, too, to depending right. on the water level and, like, how I've experienced hunting pressure has been in certain places. So I'll do a bunch of walking hunts. Right. And I mean, like I said, I'm carrying a lot of equipment on a sled. Oh yeah, um, yeah. You know, we, we're we're definitely down to do that for sure. And like that, those drones. I mean, it's just like it can track us. It'll follow you. It'll circle you. I can draw. The a technology box. is just oh, crazy. it's crazy. Really? It's like nuts. I like if I'm driving the truck, I'll I can draw a box around the truck and like just hit follow. And I can just set the remote down and just drive, and it'll follow. I was wondering how you guys were doing. It's that. crazy, dude. Yeah, it it's it's That's nuts. Awesome. Yeah, yeah. It's really nuts. Because like that turkey footage, like was insane. Yeah. To I love be how she like when the podcast is starting to wrap up, she finally starts to simmer down. And starts yeah, no, she's, yeah, yeah, no, she kidding. knows what's up. Yeah, I mean that's one thing I'm you know a little worried about this year is the water levels are still really freaking dude. low. Yeah. There is no water at Hawkeye right now. No. They're they're gonna have to fill it up. That's like, what they did last year. Were you drop in at Babcock? You can walk through and it's knee deep. I know. You can walk across it. Well, I mean, last year at last yeah. September, August 29th, you were. <laughs> we were we were like we were taking the big motor off the boat and just like pushing in with a paddle. Oh yeah, yeah I and dude, it sucked. Dude, it was it like sucked. it was like eight inches. It but was and, crazy. And that's why we went ahead and just did like the teal skiff twelve footer because we're just gonna pop the trolling motor on that thing and then just buzz right mm-hmm. in, and it sits shallow and. 
Yeah, that boat's so, nice because it's just it's so light. But well, I mean, see, like f- for a boat, you'd want like at least a boat big enough where you're gonna carry a few people on decoys. Right. You'll want like if a mud motor, you'd want like the 25 minimum. Right. You know, but if you're having like a little skit, if you're doing like a little skiff or kayak, right, you could get a mud motor. You know the the long tail for you know 600 bucks, and then you're paying 50 bucks for the predator mud motor. Yeah, out. yeah, oh, that's true. I mean, but um, dude, I know we're in the same boat. Like I would really like the water. <laughs> I'm just and I'm just worried too. Well, I'm not. I'm not worried because at five months old, she's way ahead of the curve. You know, right. she's doing fen- absolutely phenomenal. Um, and her instinct, you know, is amazing. I couldn't ask for a better dog at this stage um, of her training and just in general. Um, it just sucks. I'm really gonna miss Maggie this right. waterfall season. You know, like I said, she averaged yeah, over Maggie did a really couple hundred job. retrieves. I mean, there's videos of her just. You know, she did very good with ducks diving, with, you know, with injured ducks. I mean, that dog would pull the sled. Yeah. That dog would literally. Well, the, the diving ducks is huge, mm-hmm. too, because that's a pain. Yeah. Well, and when you got to get out of the boat, and, like, you see him, and you're like, oh, man. Yeah. And she, I mean, she would have no quit in her, and on, you know, and I think the craziest thing is, like, I've never seen a dog with ice this thick, you know, like an inch thick ice. And she's breaking it herself. That's impressive. Like, you didn't do any of it. Like, say you broke your little pocket, right? Right, right. And you want the ducks dump in there, and you shoot them, but they're passing by, and they skid across the ice. Right. And you're like, shit, that water's too deep. I can't go out there with my waders. And you just see her... Crushing through it. That's huge. Crushing ice. And I'm like, that's just instinct. Right. Yeah. You know, like a dog... You don't train a dog to bring back two ducks at one time. Right. That's no. instinct. That's a dog right. saying, you know what? I'm going to fit both these in my mouth. Right. Um, I think Nelly, Nelly will learn. Oh, you know? yeah. It'll be, a good, it'll be a good learning year for I mean, She's already trying to bring back multiple bumpers right. at once. Is um, she? Yeah. So, and I mean, she does very good, like like I said, just overall with her hand signals, with her whistle training, with her, you know, her e-collar training. Right. Um, she's just doing phenomenal. And, I mean, all I got to say is dead bird, and that nose, that tail goes up, and that nose goes down. That's and awesome. And, um I think that's a lot of the red lab in her too. Yeah. Like, you know, a lot of labs will do that, but you know, when I say dead bird and she starts using her nose, it's like she looks like a pointer. That's right. cool. That's really um, cool. So yeah, I'm really excited. It'd about be neat that. to watch her work this year. Yeah. I'm excited to be able to go hunt, like you know, be able to get out there with you guys and. Yeah. We we will definitely hunt this year. You know? We I know we tried last year, but we, I think we linked up in like October. Yeah. It was almost November. Yeah. The like season was basically over. You were on big deer, and we we were. So we'll hunt. We'll hunt public. Back to your question. So stay tuned. Media's got all that stuff going on, and then we'll hunt public land for deer. We got a spot um, that we really like for yeah, that. We really like that spot. We goofed it up a couple yeah. times. We just need to get higher. We talked oh. to Caleb and Colin. I mean, we don't have lot. any like drop time crazy well, big well, deer not, in there. If you're not but. twenty feet up, Colin and Caleb they hunt like twenty to forty. Dude, that's feet the thing. Up. That's Trust what they me. said. We got to get. Us, if you're not, if they said if you're, they said how high. We said fifteen. They said like I'm not gonna. It would work with one guy, but with the two guys yeah. and the camera like, and all I that. I average, I, I usually hunt at like 20 feet. Yeah. But if you take it, if you put it, I mean, you can get away with lower. We're going to get way up but, there. But, dude. We're going to get up there. Get we're going to get up there, yeah. online and buy a deer decoy. We, we yeah. have one. We yeah. love the deer decoy. I'm telling you. We had some cool encounters with them yeah, last year. Yeah, we did. I mean, I don't know if you guys, like, if I, I probably showed you that video. Oh, we watched, your, one we the, watched your thing. Dude, that, that, was, my, that was insane. That was hunting, at, like, hunting uh-huh. public X stuff. Yeah. <laughs> hunting public esque yeah, stuff. Yeah, it was cool. But literally, it was nuts. On. That wind was blowing. 
15 miles an hour directly towards him. Really? And I put out a deer decoy and this product called Winsent. I've seen that. Yeah. So like fourth fourth arrow, they do like a lot of camera equipment mm-hmm. and they do like Winsent as well. And it's like estrus vapor. You put it in there, it's like a vape pen and you stick right. it out there and you control it from the stand and remote. So you put it on a timer or you can just hit it whenever Which you want. Which that's crazy. You know, blow the mist up there. That mist travels over a hundred yards. Really? really? And I'm telling you, this deer walked right in completely downwind of us as the wind was blowing right towards him. That's and he just circled that's right nuts. around. You can see him stop. Puts his nose and his tongue right on the vaporizer as it's putting mist up in the air. And you see really? him licking his lips and it's right at his feet. No kidding. He does that, looks around. Because how far was that shot that she had? 25 yards. Man. Yeah, was close. Yeah, it was really close. And I mean, and she was hitting solid bullet at 40 yards right. all, all summer. And I think it was just... It gets different when you got a deer like, like we that. We think the shaft, the broadhead caught a couple of strands of the tall grass and might have pulled it a little bit. But also, like, you know, you got the buck fever going Oh, in yeah, it gets, totally. it's completely you know? different. And she's, like, in a ground blind, so she's, like, at a weird angle. And that was a big deer. That was a big deer. And, I mean, he turned perfectly broadside, and he was nose-to-nose with that deer decoy. That's yeah. crazy. That so we'll, have to, we'll have to give it a try. We will. Well, we hunted with it last year, and it was... Yeah. And so, I mean, I went ahead and, like, I mean... I found, I think it was Walmart, had the Flambo ones, which are yeah. super light, like you can right. carry them. They had the Boss Buck, which is like a $200 decoy. They had it for like $109, and they had like the, the Boss Babe, which is like the oh, one, yeah. which you can remove the arms off of. Really? And you set it down on the ground, so it lo- and you put the buck behind it, so it looks like they're breeding. Like oh, they're yeah. Breeding. So I yeah. took the extra step as like, I went and bought one of those Montana deer tails, like the real ones. Right. Uh-huh. And I just took it and screwed it in the back of them. That's so probably smart. Windy, it looks real. Like their tail's moving. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. And I mean. Yeah, so that footage was dope. If it wasn't, I would have shot playoff this last year. If that deer was playoff, which I'm pretty sure it was, I would have shot him this last year. Right. I mean, I had three shooters, all giant. Right. Come right in. Well, you killed a nice deer, though. Yeah, well, yeah I mean, you these ones all came in perfect time all right in and i was like oh this is money i'm like oh i'm gonna shoot that one. Oh my gosh this one's right next to me right i oh i could dump him right now then you hear crashing through the timber and all you see through the timber is a big white rack <laughs> i mean wide tall is that the one you shot no oh this is the one i i literally like called colin to caleb and i was like crying like literally i was like in tears because one comes out 50 yards, one comes out 70 yards, one comes out 25 yards. Yeah. And I have my deer decoy sitting at 25 yards right here. Let's say all come up into this pasture. That's and, crazy. What time and, of year was this? Huh? What time of year was this? This was like, right, so it was like right before that big heat wave that just like killed everybody. Oh, that rut. Right. Dude, that you know? So you were late October probably. Yeah, and so it was like, they're there was all a lot right of big in there deer, at one time. A lot of big right. deer got killed late October this year. And the one that was closest to me, Sees the one down there, he takes off. The one down there starts walking up right. to the deer decoy. And the one comes up, the one that came crashing through, comes right up here and he's in about 50 yards. And he takes, and he takes off running at the other one. Mm-hmm. And that one takes off and it stops. And it turns and it looks right back at the deer decoy. Starts beelining it. I mean, full trot, right. right toward the deer decoy. Yeah. And when I say he stopped on a dime, I mean it was full trot. I was like, I'm gonna, sh- I'm gonna thump him right here. 
stops. Smells you. That's never good. Yeah. And I was like, the wind blew right towards him, and I was like, he was gonna come. Right. Yeah. Right in the range. Right. And I saw him two other times, and he just happened to be chasing those. Oh yeah. That's <sighs> tough. But, but that one, I ended up shooting. I mean, he was. I hadn't seen a deer. I mean, I hadn't seen anything other than like a button buck. Or, I mean, it was so weird. I had deer shedding antlers in November, dude. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We had the same thing. Dude, it was weird. It was that, that, that heat wave really threw off everyone's I mean, I had, I mean, I had monsters like that were like right in there walking up, walking in. I'm like, oh, I'm going to thump him. Turns right. his head and he's missing an Single antler. Single side, yeah. But, um, and a lot of them you could tell like were broken off and stuff right. when I was like using the binos. But it just sucked that, uh, you know, I hadn't seen a deer in two weeks. And I talked to Collins like, man, I'm like struggling. He's like, hey, man. He's like. You know, I've shot plenty of deer with my with my gun, but this is my first buck with a with a bow. Right. And he's like, man, if it makes you feel like if you feel excited, stump him. And I'm like, all right, like I'll I'm gonna do it, you know. And hadn't seen a deer in a couple weeks. You know, the whole rut was just a bust, and it was Veterans Day, so it was like the, November 11th. Yeah, we hunted that day. And I was like, man, I literally in my head. That was I'm a like, good day to hunt. Yeah, I was like, man, I should get in a shooting a. You know, holiday buck, like right. any holiday deer, it's dope, you know, it's sick. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I'm like, right at four o'clock, you know, right when the going's about to get good. Yeah. He comes out and I'm like, oh, here we go. Yeah. I think we're on the ground that day. Yeah, we were. I mean, I'm like, oh, here we go. And he, I mean, I just hear crashing. Like, I was like, I hadn't seen anything all day, not one deer. And I'm just hammering, hitting some grunts, wait a few minutes, hammer, hit some grunts, and then I hear, just crashing through the timber. And I look over. He's walking right up here. And Doe's ahead of him. Right. And they walk right up. And he starts sniffing. like He's like nose to nose with my deer decoy. And he just like takes off. So you hunt with the decoy a lot. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And, I mean, he takes off. I mean, I'm like, oh, no. I'm not going to be able to get shot at him. But the doe he came in with. Was super interested in that deer decoy. Huh. Right. I mean, she was like sniffing it. Do you have it set up it. as a buck or a doe? As a buck. Right. And she was sniffing it, checking it around. And so he stops running. He like turns to look back at her to like see what she's doing. So he walks back a little bit. So he went from being right at the deer decoy at 25 yards. So now he's at 45 yards. Right. And I'm like, dang, like I'm not going to be able to get a good shot at him. And I'm like, dang, like. It's going to start getting dark here right. soon. Yeah, for sure, that time of year, yeah. And he just happened to turn perfectly broadside, and he's looking right at her, and I just thump. Smoke and it. I thought I missed him because really? it went straight through him. He didn't jump. He didn't duck. Nothing. Huh. It just went straight through him, heart and lungs. And I'm yeah. like, I'm shaking right now just even thinking about it, you know? And yeah, I was right. like, oh, my God, I missed. And I'm, like, trying to, like, get another arrow. And then I see just blood spraying out the side of him. And he, like... Trots a little bit. And he gets to like Sedge Ravine. I see him like rocking back and forth. All over. And then he so just, that's a shot. good feeling. 45 yards. Oh, no kidding. Yeah. It's kind of <laughs> a poke. Yeah. yeah. So it was like I had, so like I had my sights at 20, 30, 40. Right. And like, and I could have adjusted it, but it was like the heat of the moment. The right. at 25 yards. I didn't want to like do too much movement. So I just put my pin, you know, where normally I put it right on it. I just lined it up with the spine. And it just, and I have mine sighted in like an inch low. Right. Because a lot of the deer will duck. Yeah, I've heard. So if they yeah. duck, it will still, you know, yeah. put put a good shot on them. So, I, you know, I put it right on his back and it shot the inch, you know, inch low and, at, you know, right. the range that it was. Put right through him and I was like, man, that was crazy. 
And then, so he rolled down the ravine. The doe's still out there. She's still standing She just watched the whole thing? I thumped her, too. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, no <laughs> kidding. Yeah, I mean, I already had an arrow because I was going to hit him again. Right. And then I thumped her, too. Yeah. And uh, it just sucks because for sure thought I hit record. Oh, and you didn't? So I thought everything was going. I mean, and I had my cam- my GoPro and my Dang, camera dude. That on photo sucks. mode. That's tough. Oh, photo mode? Yeah. Well, oh, you know, so I didn't right. record. Right. And so I thought it was. And I, like everything's lined up perfect. I mean, you can see in the the pictures it took from the GoPro. Right. Like, you can see me lined up, drawn back. You can see the deer standing out there. Dang, dude, that's tough. You, you can see the camera with the deer perfectly zoomed in on. Right. It. You know, it's just it not recording. Solo's hard. Too. Yeah. Solo's hard. Like, Filming's way hard. And I like, I mean, I was so calm too. Like, I mean, like, I had straight tunnel vision. Like, right. I mean, I did everything. I thought I was good. Thumped him. I'm over here giving my whole like, oh my god, I'm right. shaking. Like, you know, I'm giving like the whole, you know post interview and then the camera turns off oh dude i was like no i feel bad on it was like turned off because of low power mode and i was like no and i was like you know what at least i'll have it on the gopro and i like pulled the gopro and it's in photo mode too and i'm like dude i feel bad (laughs) that makes me sad for you because like i know how that is that's tough yeah that is tough we haven't done that yet but we've done about everything yeah everything else it's a great feeling when it works out on camera it is right like when we killed one that turkey on camera that was insane no yeah you guys gonna bring up turkeys no well i don't know my situation we can't can't get talking turkeys you you had quite a run up yeah i I mean that was perfect i had everything i had the wide angle shot yeah the zoomed in shot placement was perfect yeah, you Everything lost him, didn't you? was perfect, except for wasn't able to recover the bird. Right. Dude, that's when the, that's why bow hunting's tough with those birds. And so I actually talked to, uh, his name is Jeremy McCarty. He does uh, the Giving Back Outdoors. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. No, I know, I know that and, name. I mean, that guy we know that name. people on Monster Bucks. From, and, that's, that's yeah, Dylan's he's one of, guy. He's one of Dylan's Yeah, guys. yeah, 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 yeah. Um, Jeremy McCarty. But he's like down south, south, southeastern Iowa. And, I mean, that guy kills over 200-something turkeys a year. That's like, crazy. He doesn't personally, but he puts people right. on Right. He kills that many people. Um, and he was telling me, he's like, dude, I've killed so many turkeys. He's like, don't. He's like, if you bow hunt a turkey, he's like, don't shoot them for the vitals. Right. Like, unless you ha- are shooting their head, shoot their legs. Oh, I've, I've seen I've that, too. That. He's Pit, like, shoot them right through the thigh. Pin their and thighs. Like, and I'm like, yeah. why? And he's like, well, one, a lot they of their vitals are a little bit lower, so you might nick a vital. Right. He's like, but turkeys can't fly. Right. They can't get a running start. Right. Right. I have seen that you know? actually break thinking, both their legs. If they can't, if they have an arrow through their right. legs. I've heard. Every, I've heard a lot of guys tell me just run it right through the. Because I mean, I've had. To, I mean, that turkey obviously ran. I thought you away crushed him and dis- disappeared. Yeah. Coyotes or bobcats had to get him because there's a lot of coyotes and bobcats. Yeah, out there. he he died for sure. Um, but yeah, and so that development's gonna be in shock when when a lot of people's animals are getting killed by coyotes and. Yeah, and that's probably the, true. Because those coyotes and those bobcats aren't going anywhere. No, they're they not. Leave, they're not leaving. Like, yeah. You know, unless that house, I mean, that tree, those trees and stuff, and get destroyed, like they're not going anywhere. Right. But. Yeah. So I mean, it just sucks that like in that same spot I had a turkey. You yeah I know you go had, there and then I had a turkey go four hundred something yards. Yeah. With an arrow sticking out. That's crazy. Both sides. That's crazy. But, That's why we like to shoot them in the head with the shotgun. That just works too. Dr- just we drop love, we them. love shooting them. Well, that was how, like, Nebraska went this year. I went out there for opening archery. Yeah. Which, dude, we, the three of us, because I had the perfect hotel. Oh, that yeah. That would hook us up if we don't camp. Oh, really? And yeah, I had we the perfect restaurant slash bar. That'd be that neat. That would hook us up. $3 
32 ounce big wigs. Really? Have you ever heard of that? No, no, I, no, I have no. not. I was getting wasted. I'm, I'm sure. sure. Losing money. I'm sure. <laughs> <laughs> right? Yeah. Yeah, well, dude. Um, big wave, they don't give those away generally. Exactly. But I mean, I went out there and I had a couple really close calls. Oh, know, yeah. For, for archery. Just wasn't able to get the job done. But then I went back there the last for the last week. Right. Which you could use shotgun. Yeah. And I ended up having to buy two tags. Yeah, saw that. Killed two birds. Well, you yeah. ripped right through them. So I ended up getting a speeding ticket going 80 and a 70 on the interstate near Newton. <laughs> yeah. Going to Nebraska. Yeah. Newton? Yeah. Man, everyone's usually going 85. Yeah. That's people, what I'm saying. People yeah. cruise The state trooper were like, was just not playing. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, no, yeah, not at yeah. all. Yeah. I was like, 80 I'm going and with, a 70, with the flow of traffic. 80, too, 80 and a 70 at Newton. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, you're slow. Right. You're in the I right mean, lane. I literally was getting passed, and then I literally just like, okay, I'm in the lane, and I see all the cars just get over at once, and I'm like, my cruise control set. I'm just going to keep going right. smooth. I'm on the interstate. State trooper bust me. That's tough. So then I get there, and then I have to buy an extra tag, you know? Yeah. Right. And I'm like, man, that's expensive weekend. Yeah. Worked out though. On top of it being so hot and humid, I couldn't, I, it was, I couldn't camp. Well, when was that? Was it like June? That was the last week. So March. They go late. Yeah. In the, it wasn't June. No, it, it was late, wasn't it? Yeah, late, I, late. So Because you hunted pretty hard around here. That was oh, May. It was last, May for sure. May, yeah, right? it was May. May. It was the last yeah. week, May 31st or something yeah, like that. Yeah, dude. It was late, late. Because but, I know, because I was following along with you hunting every dude, day. I was soaked. I mean, every day I was just drenched yeah. and sweat. But, I mean, I ended up had a couple shots at, a Mar- at Marion's. Yeah, that's that cool. Just, a lot of it was, like, permission and, like, right. property line issues. And, and then I ended up, uh, I mean, I saw all these two from the road on public land. And I was like, oh, I'm going to get those. Right. And it just happened so quick because I saw them, you know, go. And I was like, I'm not going to have time to get camera equipment. If I want to get a bird, this is my opportunity. Right. You Sometimes know? that's more important. Yeah, like, I was like, just I go kill home. the bird. Like, I was like, yeah. I have to leave tomorrow. Right. I was like, and if I have this opportunity now, why not take right. it? Right. Left the camera equipment. And I don't know why I didn't just bring my Tacticam. Right. I forgot to put it on my gun. Right. <laughs> Which is upsetting as well. But so I end up, uh, and I had the Vortex, you know, Venom Red Dot on my Benelli. Oh, where are you running? My SB3. And so I end up, uh, stopping circled around i just left the fan everything didn't take anything with me i was like i'm just gonna hide in the temper you were just trying to meet there. him up yeah and i'm sitting there and as i'm going out there they see me and so there was there were three birds and they see me and i'm like never Crap. a good feeling so they yeah. take off running the other way right and now they're in they're in the open so like it kind of came to a point Right, and it was all public, but it's like here's the field, here's timber. Right, and so they were like cutting across the field from where I was to go to the other part of the timber. So then they're wide out in the field. You know, when you get zoned in, like you're yeah. just locked in on a yeah. turkey. I had the red dot on them, on the one going straight, and they happen to start crisscrossing, and yeah. I had to pull the trigger. They crisscross. You hit them both at once. Two birds hit the dirt. No Dang, kidding. Dude. And I was like, oh, like shit, you know. Right. And the ones done for like he's not even flopping and yeah. the other one gets up like i mean i rolled them both right the other one gets up and he starts running again like he's, I've heard him do but that. he's like hobbling yeah and i mean but based on how he hit that how hard he hit the dirt and rolled i knew i got him pretty good right i was like so I, as he's going away i thumped him again and he was done for then and that I was, was like, crazy that's crazy I was like, and it was crazy because i was like <laughs> i didn't really like 
replayed in my head was like, would have been crazy if the other one would have been would have been a Merriam. Yeah, you know, that I would have shot a real a hybrid and a Merriam on one That'd of Nebraska. Crazy, yeah, yeah. So one of them was a real nice hybrid, and the other one was a really nice Mer- uh, was a really neat. nice Rio. That's really I didn't know they cool. had all them birds out there. Yeah, Me neither. Rios, hybrids, and Merriams. They, I mean, they have easters too, closer to Iowa. Right. Yeah, we usually hunt. Yeah, we have easterns over here. Mm-hmm. But I mean, I was just you know like you don't go to Nebraska to shoot an eastern. No, no, Iowa. no. I get yeah. it. Totally. So, yeah, I wouldn't. We killed, yeah, we killed the two Easterns. I was sleeping. I was supposed to be camera guy, and I was sleeping when Sam killed his. He, yeah, we, we were sitting under a pine, we were sitting under a couple pine trees. We've been there for like eight hours, been hunting all day, just sat all day. And the day and, before. Uh, we went into, into town real quick, got some lunch or whatever. This is back, like, this is back, like, at my house back in southeastern Iowa. And, uh. It got pretty comfortable under the trees. Like, we'd just eaten a lunch. And we came back, and, like, he was asleep, supposed to be filming. And I, like, I was, like, screw it. We had, like, 15 minutes of hunting left. I had, like, my hat was off. My face mask was pulled down. I was just, like, sitting there. Kind of closed my eyes and leaned back against the tree. And I heard this, you know, like, how they do the... When they hit the decoy? Yeah. Well, they weren't hitting the decoy, but when they They puff out... They were, spit drum. Oh, they're drumming? Yeah. And I, like, opened my eyes and, like, turned and looked. <laughs> there were two toms, like, eight yards away. So I just, like, picked up my gun and turned and just blasted one. And he was asleep, and I just I shot. To the I, I shot. Oh, I only had one tag, and he, uh-huh. he already killed his bird. He, he, like, goes launching up. He's, like, looking around. There's, like, this was, tom just was, flapping around I was over still there. Asleep. I didn't click record on the camera for, like, another 30 seconds. Oh, no, like, he was crazy. out of it. Yeah, they he came was in, out They of came it. in hard for that price. And what did you have out there of Dave Smith or an Avian X? Uh, Avian X. It was a Jake and a hen. Oh, you had a hen out there, too? A laydown? Yeah, I had, oh, I had a Jake and a standing hen and a laydown hen. Yeah. Dude, those laydown hens in front of a Jake. I love it. That's my dude, favorite it combo. It pisses them off. If I could have yeah. one combo, it would be the Jake with the laydown hen. See, that's it's what, a great combo. When, like, I don't know why you guys don't even hide. You guys don't use a blind? We just sat on the ground. Oh. Yeah. See, like, I mean, It'd be I guess, way easier to film with a blind. Yeah, I guess more so with bow. I use a shotgun. I don't really use Yeah, you don't really Yeah, we were gun hunting. But with bow, I, I always Well, do. my bird, we killed public, and it's just we were moving. And we were kind of shaking and grooving and all sorts, so it was good we didn't have a blind that yeah. day because we'd have been all out, out of mess. Well, we'd you know, I mean, you would have been able to wake him up to record it. <laughs> I know, dude. Because yeah, no it's kidding. like the, those turkey don't see any movement in those blinds; it's crazy, right? But that's what on I love the about. ground, dude, they're so they're killers. Yeah, well, I mean, like, and they were so close. They were me to the steps, and I'm like oh, wow. under this pine they tree. Were close, close. And like I just, and I, I was to, snoring. And I had was... to barely move my gun, and like he kind of went behind like a pine. Then I saw his head pop out on the other side, and I just blasted the, him. The snoring is what called him in. Yeah, yeah probably. Right. I was I mean, about to sleep myself. My eyes were well, closed. When I, and, and when I was hunting, Sam slept <laughs> for like yeah, 20 I was, minutes. Yeah, I almost when I was slept up. through his. Because when the bird came in when I was hunting, I was like, Sam Bird, Sam Bird. I wouldn't even pay attention. I'm like, Sam's oh, like, what? I like, like gotcha camera. And starts filming. Yeah, see, I, I mean, so deer hunting, you can't, you can't really get away with like dicking around. No. I mean, part no, of my language no, no, again, no, but no. you can't, no, no, you no. can't really get in trouble. Right. I mean, you can't like eat your snacks loud. You right. Can't, like, be no. on your phone, all stuff, because deer will sneak in, you know. But what's nice about turkey is they don't really pay attention to a whole lot of movement right. in the blind. So, I mean, I'll be in there eating my snacks. Right. I'll be playing solitaire. I'll be playing Mario Kart on my phone. Yeah. So, and it's like, I'm either going to hear him gobble, mm-hmm. and I'm like, okay, it's time to get ready. Or they're just going to be there. Or worst case scenario, right. they just come all I hear out. is, do, 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 do. Right. I look up, and they're messing up my Jake decoy out right. there. And right. they just blast And then I'm like, them. all right, well, 
he just knocked over my Jake decoy and now he's mounting the back of my hen. Right. Now he's Thumping. done. <laughs> he's yeah. in the dirt. Yeah. Yeah, we've never really tried to bow hunt him. It'd be tough. We couldn't yeah. have done it this well, year. Well, this year, well, it's just so busy with school. I yeah. Guess. We hate to mess up an opportunity. Once you get them there, you just want to kill them. That's we were blood. Well, we what, were, time, what time we do you guys were, have classes? Uh, just different parts of the day. We're kind of all over the place. See, that was one thing I Because we're in different, the problem is we're in different programs. Oh, so, yeah. like, like See, he'll do we, some stuff. It, we're almost, like, we're almost exactly non-compatible. Right. Because the days I'm early, he's late. And then the days he's early, I'm just yeah so, that's one thing i like i was kind of regretting college i didn't get to hunt as much in college as i wanted because you know playing being a college right. athlete and yeah. then you know i overloaded on credits each semester because i was a multiple multiple major minor right so um which sucks i didn't get to hunt as much as i could have if i would just change my class schedule like in my head i'm thinking like okay i need my nights open because i got wrestling but when it's not wrestling season yeah like i could have been right you know, hunting, you know, have my classes pushed later because all my classes were in the morning. Yeah. So I could have had, like, I could have been hunting all morning. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's we just, like, we just got to the point where we'll just skip, I mean, lots of nights, like, Cone yeah. Marsh, 30 minutes away. Right. Yeah, no, there's uh, stuff Hawkeye, 30 minutes away. Then you got Redbird, which are, like, the three main publics around here. Right. Not counting, like, the smaller ones. Now, do you, well, but, we can talk about that. And that's, we'll talk about that off air. 15, yeah. 15, 20 minutes. Oh, out of the way. Right. So it's like it wouldn't be hard. No, we definitely, hunt, dude. We hunt and then get a class. I mean, I can't tell you how many right. times I'm like, oh, well, I got to work. Uh, I got training at nine, so I hunt until eight thirty. Yeah. Bring my training stuff with me and just change clothes. Yeah. No, we've done that a time or two. Definitely. That de- well, last year was Zoom, like cause everything was online. Like we were. We hunted a lot. I can't tell you how many times I was in the stand, or I was with Chris to film for him, or like just hunting with him in general, and he'd be doing his like zoom work calls, oh yeah you know like with his headphones in right and he'd just be like he's like hey i got a call here in a couple minutes right okay and he'd just be like that'd be a good way to do it headphones headphones on doe patrol you know yeah but yeah no I mean, anyways it was a good fall we're looking forward to next we'll have to yeah. hunt together Definitely. yeah i know we will us us three will get out there for sure yeah so where's, where's the deer head bird hunting huh where'd the deer head go it's over there, somewhere over there. It's set on the ground. Oh, yeah. yeah, well, because that's our new that's our cameras. Because we filmed the whole thing. Though, yeah. So we'll, we'll go in and cut it up. Well, and we've moved up in the camera world. So. We have. Anyways, All right, Keegan, let's cut this thing. Appreciate you coming on. I'm seeing some some room right here. <sighs> yeah, right. You know, for a nice for a nice turkey. It would be cool. We're thinking about mount. doing that. Yeah, that'd be cool. Yeah. Well, I got my turkey fans over there and his turkey fans upstairs. We're yeah. interested to move. I like the hardwood. I mean, like I I said it last time. But I mean, I just love the old barn wood with the yeah. the logo back there. Yeah, you see a lot of the guys, you know, starting to do that where they're like using like pallets and stuff to right. like for their podcast. Like yeah, a lot yeah, of the hunting yeah. guys. Yeah, because I know like we're first to it. Yeah, yeah I was gonna we, say like we, you guys, yeah, you guys started it. that first. Yeah, in my opinion, at least from the ones we I started seen. the trend. Yeah. I know the Outdoor Limits guy. He d- he does it now with like plywood. Oh, does he? Does he yeah, have a podcast? I, I watch him yeah, too. he started. Well, so I liked his videos better. Um. Before he started his podcast, because right. like he'll he still does like his videos, but he does like he starts him off as a podcast, and then he oh, pulls up he? like the video, and then he has like his podcast like small down in the corner, and he right. like, talks about the video, which yeah. you know some people like. But I mean, if right. I'm what if I'm watching a podcast, I'm watching a podcast. If right. I'm watching the, a hunting video, I'm watching a hunting. The video. only way that works is if it's done incredibly well yeah. with very with a lot of to me because like he I guarantee he took that. 
from the Cam Haynes Joe Rogan's Probably. video. Because there's one I don't know. Do you know Cam Haynes? I'm yeah, sure you do. Yeah. He went on the Rogan He's podcast. I know. Yeah. And they talked about elk hunting. And they somehow like overlaid the pod into the video. And it's incredibly cool. But if you're just out there with a GoPro and then you think you're going to sit in a podcast yeah, room. Well, I mean, I feel like the people. It's not going to flow right. I feel it's like not. the people who um, really kind of started that. They didn't start like the whole like, I'm going to do the podcast and then I'm going to do. I um, hate having two screens, bro. Right. Like if you're going to talk over it, talk over it. But don't do. Right. Because I like how like. Drury, Drury. I don't, they don't really do it too much anymore, right. but they used to do it a lot. Like and the they, interviews. Yeah, so like they'd be or, or sitting like there Bomar like the black room. Bomar yeah. Archery, they do it a lot where like they show the hunt and like before like before the hunt they say like hey like they give you like a rundown right. and then during the hunt you can hear them talking over it. Yeah. Right? And then they give you like the post interview. Right. I think that's really cool too. That's a cool format. That's definitely a good way to do it. You but gotta yeah. know. You gotta know what you're trying to accomplish with each video. We're right. making a statement here. Out, collegiate outdoorsman, Stay Tune Media. Did it first. We did. We it did. First. They did it first. Don't well, think that you did it before us. Do you follow you that Bomar guy? I know we've been talking a long time. I do. Um, did he get in trouble or what? I mean, I think he had to like he paid a small fine, but well. So there was the. Whole you heard inc- about them, right? There no. was a whole the incident. The YouTube couple. They were in Nebraska. Yeah. So that whole thing happened where, like, so they were found not guilty, like... What'd they do? They were, like, an outfitter. And the outfitter got caught poaching and like, doing oh, a bunch of stuff, yeah. like... But none of it was linked back That's to the... That's crazy. None of it yeah. was They were making, like, Walmart. YouTube videos. Oh, like, shoot. Yeah, they got... They didn't get in that much yeah. trouble so for it. They, they got cleared. Like, their name is cleared. Like, right. Like, nothing happened from them from that. But then, I guess there was something that happened... Like, I think he, like, shot an animal and used the wrong tag. Oh, yeah. But he turned himself in. Yeah, I heard that. And then, like, they still hit him with the fine and everything, but it's, like, Iowa does, like, the point system. Right. You know, so it's, like, he got a slap on the wrist, right. basically. Which, you know, he did the right thing, turned himself in. Yeah. But, I, I mean, I'll tell you what, that Bomar nose button is definitely a freaking game changer. Yeah. Do you use that? I use, oh, it's... It, Throw your kisser away if you got one and get the nose button. Really? I mean, to think if you're wearing a mask. Yeah. It's hard to feel that kisser through it. But you can feel that nose button right through it. And it's like, yeah, I, I, I highly recommend it. Really? Oh, yeah. It's like instant anchor. So. Hmm. Be interesting. Interesting. All right, let's cut this. With thing. that, we'll call it. All right, Keegan. Appreciate you as always. Thanks for having dude. me on here Absolutely. again, guys. Best of luck next week. You're not going to need it, but. No. Nah.